live from the bell tower, taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Bell Podcast. gentlemen it is monday night once again welcome back to the live edition of the break the bell podcast hello beautiful bell breakers it's good to be here it is it's good for you to be here fantastic to be here yeah it's it's beautiful outside it's not i think we've passed that shitty weather hump i'm pretty you don't don't say that but but you you keep saying we're getting more shitty weather so i'm gonna say we're not getting more shitty weather okay i I will accept you're not getting we're not getting more shitty weather we're in iowa so so, uh, I'm looking another month. No, at no, least. no more shitty weather. Yes. I, I'm just speaking that right now. How's everybody doing out there? It's once again another beautiful night out. Um, another perfect time to uh, talk about the things that stretch yeah. our brains and mush our brains around a little bit. Cuddle um, up around the fire and, and talk about guns. Yeah, this week we are uh, <laughs> taking a break from the Ukraine bullshit, the Russia bullshit, and um, we got some gun shit to talk about because... Uh, just today happens to be the day that Joe Biden came out and announced his strict yeah. gun policies that have been long in the works. Yes. And we're going to talk about those. We got a special guest on who um, is going to celebrate these uh, gun measures with us, and that is going to be Justin Campbell. He's from the Fact Check This podcast. He's a fellow Liberty lover. Um, I've known him for a while just through pockets of the the libertarian internets, the the libertarian Twitters out there. So um, he's a good guy. I've been on his show. I've had a lot of conversations just through social media with him. And we're just going to see what he has to say about guns. I think to celebrate the new gun laws, we need to go outside and, like, do it up Mexican style, shoot a couple (laughs) in the air. Shoot a few few rounds in (laughs) the air. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah, especially after the shooting we had here in our town last over the weekend. That would be a great idea. Let's just take our guns out I wanted to go to that. That, that event or yeah. the shooting? Then, well, no. <laughs> I wanted to go to the shooting. I thought yeah, it would no, be great. It, it sounded fantastic. Off. No. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, some 90s. It was, yeah, it was a 90s dance party. At a, a nightclub I'd never heard yeah. of. And I've lived in this town six years, and I've never heard of it. You've lived in this town 20 years, yeah. and you've never it heard of it. It must be a so. new one. Most of, the, the, uh, most of them have closed down. A lot of the nightclubs just shift names. Yeah. And That's they true stayed too. the same. They stayed just same the same. Same owners, just changed the names. I don't even think they count as nightclubs around here. This no. is Iowa. We don't have <laughs> nightclubs. But there was a shooting here, so this stuff does hit home. And yeah. surprisingly, our shooting made the news. National news. The ne- well, yeah, during all the articles that were being written about Joe Biden's yeah. uh, big announcement today included yes. Cedar Rapids. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so we're famous. From Florida, sent me a text yesterday. He's like... You weren't at Taboo, were you? And I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> no, I wanted no, to be, but there. no. <laughs> Not there. So so uh, we're going to get Justin on here in just a couple minutes, and we're going to talk about these gun laws. We're going to talk about gun violence, ghost guns, uh, yes. uh, just guns I, in general. I, I loved the whole ghost gun presentation. We'll get into oh, it. Oh, so. I know. Okay. I've got that video, too. Oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I have the video of him as trying, yeah. uh, like presenting He's a gu- like, ghost gun. It's like Ikea. If you can put together Ikea... It's that easy. I'm like, obviously, you have never put together Ikea. Yeah, yes. So, <laughs> Ikea is not that easy to put no. together, and ghost guns are much harder to put together. Yes. So I've looked up how to put a... I don't know a lot about ghost guns, but I've looked up how to build them because yeah. it's an interest to me, too. Absolutely. But it, I, I've seen like all the the steps and stuff. I'm like, I don't think yeah, that right. <laughs> that sounds like a lot I'll of work. I'll go buy one then from the store. <laughs> right, exactly. Especially now that they're going to be serialized anyway. Right. But we're going to talk about all that stuff. Before we do, we got to obviously mention our sponsor, our 
Coffee loving, freedom loving sponsor that is Run Your Mouth Coffee. They support your liberties. I'm sure they support your right to oh, bear absolutely. arms because they support all the liberties. So why wouldn't they? But specifically, they support our right to sit here and run our mouths for yes. hours on end a week and without fear of being censored, without fear of uh, being canceled, because that's that's our those are our rights to free speech God and. Given. That's what they support, and they also make damn good coffee. Yes. Uh, go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code BREAKTHEBELL. That's all one word. You'll get 10% off your purchase, plus free shipping. You'll get to drink delicious coffee delivered straight to your door, plus you'll get to support a company that supports your free speech. And who doesn't want to support companies that support free speech? Absolutely. I don't think you'd be listening to us if you didn't right. support yeah, free exactly. speech. <laughs> uh, we did get some hate mail last week. I saw that. We yeah. got called... Like assholes or something, because yes. um, you know Russia is the bad guy in all of this, yeah. and, um, and, and I, I he, wish I had that pulled up. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, shit. Ah, what is happening? I'm hitting buttons you prematurely. Yes, <laughs> prematurely did something all over the screen, <laughs> all over your ears. Yes, no, that was an interesting conversation with him. Yeah, and but... I was just like, clearly you didn't listen to the entire yeah. episode. Well, I love how everybody ends up coming around. Like when they don't listen to it, they're like, "You're just a bunch of Trump loving." Yeah, that was that was the other thing. It's like I bet. You voted for Trump. Uh, actually, you're probably waiting no. for him to come back. No, I'm not at all. I don't yeah. want anything to do with Trump. But uh, where was I going with that? I don't know. You got hate mail, and it was interesting. Mail, but hey, you know what? We your mouth supported coffee. the fact that he oh, could yeah. do hate mail for us. Yeah, and, and uh, RYM Coffee, yes. Run Your Mouth Coffee supports us to be get able to mail. get hate mail. So <laughs> RYMCoffee.com. Do it for Run Your Mouth Coffee. Send us more hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you hate us, definitely send hate mail because we will feature you on this, this show. Absolutely. Because I, I was going to today. Maybe we'll get to that this weekend okay. because I forgot to pull it up. But we're, we got to get Justin in here. So he's, he's sitting here waiting. So I don't want to keep him waiting too long. Um, before we get into this intro video, make sure you check us out all over social media. What kids tell you to do these days, go like and subscribe and smash those buttons and yep, all, all that stuff. Break we're the Bell Pod. All over the place. Break the Bell Pod is our handle on most of them. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Getter. I'm, yeah, yeah. I still I, haven't done I, anything I, I, on that. I always post stuff on Getter. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We got a Facebook forum if you want to just hang out called the Break Breaking the Bell Forum. We don't do the our talk show on TikTok, but Craig does dance on it, so check I, that I out. Don't, I, we do have TikTok. <laughs> I yes. don't have much posted on there. I need to... You need to take over our TikTok account because you you love TikTok these days. <laughs> it's got some useful stuff, okay? <laughs> sure, sure. What is going on? Why are all these sounds going off? We got to get into this intro video, and when we come back, we're going to be hanging out with Justin Campbell of the Fact Check This podcast. We will be right back. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? 
Who are you talking to? All right, and we are here live, and I'm going to kill the music prematurely because I can't hear Justin and music at the same time because they're all on the same slider. We are here with Justin Campbell of the Fact Check This podcast. Justin, how's it going? Not bad at all. Good to be here. It's good to have you here. Uh, the people, our listeners might be familiar with your voice a little bit because we did a little promo run of you, your show a uh, month or so ago. So um, if, if the name Fact Check This podcast sounds familiar, it's because we've promoted Justin's podcast on the show. So Justin, it's good to have you on. Uh, I've been meaning to have you on and I just kind of kept forgetting to ask you and then there was just a conversation about having people on shows and i was like justin come on my show and you're like okay let's do it so so here we are hey justin i'm bill <laughs> hey bill how's yeah. it going yeah just justin just so you know this is bill i know you forgot his name on your show this week when you were <laughs> advertising this show so that is bill his name is bill my name is designed that way so that you forget about <laughs> yeah it's he's it has an easily forgettable name so uh how, how's it going Justin, how's your show going? Um, I've heard a few episodes. How, how long's your show been going on for? I guess I started in September of 2020. Um, <laughs> so you started mostly... a show in 2022. That's when we should started it. And it was just like, oh, what a great time to fucking start yeah, a podcast. I'm sure a lot of them started up that year. <laughs> I think so. I, originally, I started it as just doing like Facebook videos for like eight to 10 minutes talking about specific topics that. I knew people who I was friends with had been talking about mm. to kind of clarify stuff and and let people know what was actually going on, especially because a lot of the fact checkers were saying this is misinformation, this is missing context, yada, yada, yada. But if you actually read the fact check uh, articles, if you get about halfway into it, it would say that you were actually right. Mm. But they just didn't like the way that you presented your information. <laughs> right. So, well, so I just started doing like eight to ten minute videos explaining what the fact checkers were getting wrong. Yeah. Or what the fact checkers were actually saying. And then like some friends of mine kind of talked me into, hey, you should start doing this more regularly. And it's like, well, OK, so I started doing it as an actual show. I, I uh, love the name of the show. I love the premise of the show just because of, like you were saying, that that time era when, I mean, the fact checkers were cracking down hard in 2020, yeah. especially when it came to like COVID information, uh, vaccine information. That was around the election time, too. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, misinformation for that. And there's just all kinds of stuff. So when, when you release the name of your podcast, I was like, wow, that's that's freaking genius. I love yeah. it. Um, tell us. As much or as little as you want about yourself, about your show. I mean, you kind of hit on it for a couple seconds there. Just just give us a little introduction of Justin Campbell. Who is Justin Campbell? Uh, I'm just a uh, old farm boy raised in uh, the backwoods of Kentucky. I was raised a Republican and eventually figured out that I didn't care for any side of uh, the political spectrum. I fell a lot more on the anarchist uh, wing of things. And so... I've moved all over the place. Mostly worked in agriculture. Now I'm uh, now I actually work in in uh, liquor. But oh, it's nice. uh, nice. I've just kind of bounced around. Gotten to I've had the unique experience of being able to have lived in a lot of different parts of the country and experience a lot of different parts of how this whole big you know melting pot sort of works. And and so I uh, I draw a lot of my experience from and a lot of what I talk about in the show from both my agricultural background and 
from the fact that I've I've gotten to bounce around a lot and uh, kind of see the way different parts of the world work or the the U.S. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I'm just a normal uh, dad and husband, I guess. <laughs> we raise goats and have a farm and chickens and eggs and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. So yeah, there's nothing these days. There's nothing too normal about raising your own farm and food yeah. and stuff because nobody knows how to do that shit anymore. Right. Actually, when I when I was going to get you on the show, I, I almost was going to talk about like the farm life and uh, like being self sufficient. So we're gonna have to probably do a show about that sometime with you because I've been meaning to get a guest on that actually does it on their own. And so I mean. Clearly, you do some of the shit on your own, so we'll have to get you on to talk about that sometime, too. But uh, this week, we got to talk about guns. You're a libertarian or just an anarchist? What do you call yourself? What do you self-describe yourself as? Uh, I, I probably describe myself as a libertarian more often than anarchist, just because anarchist gets uh, anarchist gets eyebrows raised, that libertarian just gets eye-rolled. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's accurate. I get a lot of guests on that say they're they're little L libertarian, not capital L libertarian, and that's kind of what I subscribe as. I don't follow the party stuff, mm-hmm. and especially like this week. Like I said, I met you in in the pocket, the libertarian pocket of Twitter, which is way better than the normal Twitter oh, yeah. universe. But here lately, uh, the the capital L section of that pocket of Twitter has kind of been going off the rails about different things, and I don't even want to get into it, but I try to avoid politics in general, but I still subscribe mostly to the libertarian concepts in my life personally, so that's why I say I'm a a small L libertarian. I'm I'm guessing from what it sounds like you're similar to that too. Yeah, here in, uh, so I live in Indiana, and we actually have a pretty good libertarian party, like a state party here in Indiana, so Mm -hmm. So I still do stuff like with the state party, but as far as like the national type stuff, I've tried to pretty well stay uninvolved in that. Like, like I said, we do have a really good state party. The state party has a good plan for what they want to do within the state in terms of making change and trying to promote actual liberty related stuff. And they've had a lot of success. Uh, we, so they got constitutional carry passed this year. Last year, they were actually able to shoot down a couple of bills that would have made it more restrictive for third parties uh, to get on the ballot. Some other stuff that was just generally bad for liberty and stuff that a Republican supermajority in a state like Indiana can do because they don't actually have competition from the left here. So, Mm -hmm. So having a good, strong libertarian party to say, hey, look, if you do this, we are going to make sure that you get primaried within your own party and that your primary and whoever primaries you is going to get all of the support from everybody who you're uh, not allied with. And we're going to take you out of your position. So like having a strong, having a strong libertarian party that can have some influence without actually uh, winning elections is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good thing to have to at least try to pull some balance, some sort of balance into the whole uh, bullshit that is the election process here in the United States. But um, I haven't got too heavily involved in the area because there's not a heavy libertarian involvement here. Uh, We did have a libertarian rally for the the presidential election uh, in 2020 and Spike came and and 
talked and stuff at that. Spike Cohen, the 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 VP nominee for the Libertarian Party, and then the the local guy, the Iowa guy. Um, he was just, I mean, he was off the wall, which I liked him, but it just wasn't for Iowa. Like, huh. he, he was, f- like, had banners supporting, like, the legalization of psychedelics, which, which is awesome in my opinion. But here in Iowa, that's right. not going to get the votes here right. in, yeah. in a hard red state like Iowa. Yeah. So I, I was just like, I, I don't know if you're doing it right. I don't know if you're going about this the right way. So, um, yeah, that's one of those things that you got to know your audience. Like, yeah, right. Like the, uh, the Indiana State Party kind of tells National to stay the fuck out of our business because, like, the National Libertarian Party doesn't align with the same stuff that local voters in Indiana do. Mm-hmm. So, so the LP, the State Party of of Indiana, has a a good plan for how to actually make an impact with the voting base that's here in the state, mm-hmm. and really kind of divorces itself from anything for the the National Party type of talking points and stuff like that because it just doesn't fly like yeah legalizing psychedelics in indiana is a is a non-starter like that'll, that'll get you yeah. put on the uh the kook wagon real quick yeah, yeah and, exactly I, I was similar it's like baby steps you yeah know? yeah it's like can we start maybe with like um lower taxes and right. or like the the things that might actually grab people's attention versus yeah. uh let's just go full-blown yeah. let's 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 eat mushrooms and <laughs> do whatever. Trip on acid. Yeah, or like let's let's get constitutional carry and mm-hmm. maybe cut some of the insane restrictions on CBD and cannabis. Yeah, like, right. You know, we're not it's talking reasonable. like full legalization or anything like that. Let's just be a little more reasonable about I, it. I think we, you know, we would all probably all three of us would probably say full legalization would be ideal, Absolutely. but. Um, when it comes to states like this that are so hard against any like legalization of marijuana, right. even I don't even think medical is really too. I mean, it's legal, but yeah. there's n- no shops or anything around here. So yeah, uh, you, like you said, baby steps. Yeah, right, right. And, but, I'm trying to remember the the state of Indiana actually passed some level of legalization. I think on a like on a very restrictive uh, medicinal level, mm-hmm. and then. When they realized that what they had done was legalize marijuana in some fashion, they like freaked out and tried to reverse all of it. Like, Wait, that's what that is? What did we do? <laughs> yeah, that sounds probably about what Iowa did too. So, uh, the like I said, the topic of today is is guns because of this whole Biden announcing his new gun regulations. Uh, what is the libertarian stance on gun rights, on gun ownership? Like you talk about constitutional carry. Iowa just got constitutional carry last year yeah. or beginning of this year, which yeah. which was fantastic to me. Um, but what overall, what would a pure libertarian say gun rights should be? I guess you could sum it up with uh, a very simple phrase of shall not be infringed. That's, hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Where have I heard that? <laughs> Is that in the Bible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you May think as well be. Yeah, so you think um what constitutional carry across the board? No what what do you think about background checks or anything like that? Do you think there should be background checks? Do you think felons should not be allowed to carry guns like ex-cons and stuff like that like how how far does that go or for libertarians is it just anybody should just be able to carry guns whenever they want see i guess i'm a little more 
common sense on that topic. Like I'm not a big proponent of extremely invasive background checks, but at the same time, I don't think it just, it should just be if you walk up to the counter and slap $200 down, you can, you know, pick right. the gun that, that fits your price range. Uh, there should be some extent. I think it's a little restrictive, especially on the side of like felons and stuff, because you do have the ones that they've done their time. Right. They've, mm-hmm. you know, they've paid their debt to society. A lot of times they're reformed in some way, especially if they're at that point that they're like out and right. and in good standing. Like I've I've known plenty. I have hired and worked with plenty mm-hmm. that they are absolutely good, upstanding citizens and would, you know, they have no interest in going back to that life. They made poor choices when they were young and, you know, they they moved on from it. But they're not allowed to own a gun or even like uh even being in the truck with me carrying mine puts them in a compromised position. Like oh, wow. that's, that's not right. You know? So there should be, like I said, I'm, I'm more on the side of common sense. Like there should be something that says, okay, like you've done your, you've, you've served your debt to society. Now you can return to being a normal human being and mm-hmm. have the same rights that you had had previously. Like, uh, so I'm not a, I'm not a big advocate of excessive, uh, levels of background checks and stuff like that, but I do think there should be at least some basic minimum requirement, which I, I think most states, even like the most lax states, still have at least that, if not a little bit more. Like, um, I was actually denied purchasing a handgun here in Indiana, really, a couple of years ago because I had something that was outstanding with uh, a pending case on my child support mm-hmm. but i don't understand why that had it yeah, how does that affect- i mean i guess i could see some situations yeah, just- where that might be a red flag but like <laughs> I, I didn't understand why that was something that was a disqualifier yeah. uh, just looking for a reason yeah it's interesting um here in iowa they just last year released some they laxed up on a lot of gun laws and stuff and Man, the the media was just screaming oh, yeah. about it. They were like, "Oh, you're just going to be able to walk into any shop and yeah. just slap, like you said, slap down money, buy a gun from whoever, go to um, John'd up the road, buy a gun, and uh, with zero background check." That that's not true yeah. at all. I bought in a couple different guns just this year, and both times, even having a card where they ran your background check, even having a concealed yeah. carry card. They still went through all the rigors of filling mm-hmm. out all the information and checking yeah. everything out, covering their own ass. You still got to go through all that that bullshit to get right. a gun. And um, you probably just saying what you said about uh, I think common sense needs to apply. You you probably get plenty of libertarians that are going to scream, "Well, he's not a real libertarian then because he supports gun laws." Mm-hmm. But um, they're they're even if it's not from a federal government level, which I think we can all agree that the federal government just fucks everything up to begin with, um, at a local level, I think it's okay to say, or as a society, to be like, that guy should not have a gun. Right. And we should be able to be like, uh, we know um, John, freaking meth head John up the road, and we know he shouldn't have a gun, and we should collectively be able to say people like that should not have guns, regardless right. of how libertarian or not yeah. we are. We should, we should just be able to uh, apply a little bit of common sense to that, because um, there, there are crazy people out there that yeah. probably should not possess a butter knife, let alone a gun. Right, yeah. So, well, and something that the the big gun grabbers always talk about is like the... the uh, 
the gun show loopholes and stuff like yeah. that. Like, have you ever bought a, a gun yeah. at a gun show? It's yeah. not like it's it's no. not like it's no. not uh, like you don't have to go through right. the same steps that you do with anything I, else. Like I had I, to run a background the, check to get a little like oh, miniature right. twenty-two rifle for my son. Uh, it was just like a little pea shooter twenty-two rifle, um, single action. Single shot bolt action thing. They still ran my background check on it, even though yeah. I've I have multiple guns that I've done and I had a card and stuff, and they yeah. still ran my background yeah. at a gun show. And yeah. it's just like, no, I I've never seen a loophole at a gun show at no, all. Me neither. I I think was like with the uh, with with my carry license in Indiana, I presented that to, at the counter when I was looking to purchase a gun one time, and and the guy took it. He looked at it. He said. This is basically useless. We don't even pay attention to that. Like, it still has to go through all of the background check. Yeah. Never mind that I had to go through like a, a three month right. application process to get my carry license. Right, like, it right. doesn't mean anything when they go to get to actually give you the gun. No, they st- they still want to cover their own ass themselves, and that again goes back to common sense. The gun, yeah. the the sellers should be covering their own ass by running these, yeah. or or at least looking into you on your own on their own, whether or not legally legally they have to. They, they should be looking into or applying some sort yeah. of common sense to that. So um, today, I, it's been long anticipated, the, the Biden announcing his new gun regulations. I mean, people have been calling for it for since he took office. Like, oh, he's, he needs to, I mean, on one right. side, they're, they're screaming, oh, he's going to take our guns from us. They're going to take assault right. weapons from us. He's going to ban high-capacity magazines, right. all this stuff. Um, ghost guns, all this stuff, and then on the other side, it was like, "Oh, we got to do do more. We got to have common sense, yeah, uh, background checks, and all that, all that shit." The common sense gun laws is my favorite uh, term right. that they throw out there on the other side. Well, we need common sense gun laws. It's like, but there's not common yeah. sense yeah, in the gun say, laws you're, you're promoting. Yes. <laughs> so today he announced these regulations, and I'm surprised I haven't heard so many people on the left screaming because it kind of just fucking fell completely flat. Aside from the ghost guns, there's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. And isn't the the guy that he named to head the ATF, I thought it said he was like a former Indiana uh, AG. I think he's Ohio AG. Was it Ohio? I think he's Ohio AG, yeah. Um, Yeah, and he's... uh, He's a gun grabber. He's he? uh, okay. he he's been pushing to ban assault rifles and stuff like that in his state. So um, so that will be interesting seeing him there. But I got this article from CNN that talks about uh, the gun regulations that Biden mentioned today. So I'm gonna just read a little bit about that so we can get just a little bit of an idea what he's. What he's talking about today he says Biden announces a new gun regulation and names his ATF nominee. It says President Joe Biden announced a new firearm regulation Monday meant to contain the use of privately made weapons as he comes under pressure to take more steps to address a national crisis of gun violence. Ooh, national crisis. I know. I love when they throw out national (laughs) national crisis in there. Uh, The regulation on so-called ghost guns, unregulated. You got to read this like an old boomer. Yeah. Uh, the regulation on ghost guns, unregulated and untraceable weapons made from kits, will ad- will address a critical gap in the government's ability to track them by requiring background checks before purchase and serial numbers on some of the components. So this is so interesting to me because, again, I don't know a ton about ghost guns. Yeah. But for the most part, ghost guns aren't 
being widely sold, right? They are being made at the individual level. So if like all these reg- regulations that they talk about background checks before purchase, uh, yeah, they do sell ghost gun kits out there. Yeah, and that's what they're specifically talking about. But the majority of people that buy ghost guns are like printing them on 3D printers and yeah, right, and things right. like that, where you're not going to be able to track them at all. Yeah. It says though ghost guns make up Relatively small share of guns recovered by law enforcement they have been seen with increasing frequency in recent years. Biden brought one of the kits to the Rose Garden. I thought I had the video of... Did you see the video of him putting that ghost gun together? Or it said he was putting it together. But he just picked up, like, the lower and he picked up the upper. And he's like, look how easy it is to put this together. Yeah. I'm sure it's, like, someone... Like pre-manufactured, it form was. It, it was just, yeah. all completely yeah. done. It was all was completely like, built. Psh. All he would have had to do is slide the slide onto the <laughs> onto the frame. And I'm just like, it's that easy to put yeah. together a regular gun, a regular firearm. You didn't show the process to build it. You didn't show the process to 3D print it. Nothing like that. He's yeah. just like, oh look, it's and you just need like a basic hand drill, and it just goes right together. <laughs> Did you see any to of that? To be fair, he didn't know what he was doing. Not, they just told him, here, you just yeah. stick this and this. And he's like, oh, look, that's really easy. <laughs> he didn't even slide them together. He just picked up the, the frame and he picked up the slide. He's like, look how easy these go together. And he sits it back down. And it's just like, <laughs> all right. That... Motor, motor control is not what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it says, Biden brought one of the kits to the Rose Garden on Monday, declaring new rules, basic common sense, before holding aloft one of the weapons made from the gear. Then he goes on to say, this is my favorite line, if you buy a couch, you have to assemble it. It's still a couch. If you order a package like this one over here that includes the parts you need to direct and directs the assembly of, and of a functioning firearm, you bought a gun, he declared striding over to the kit and demonstrating the ease of constructing the weapon. He didn't demonstrate ease. He picked it up. He literally just fucking picked it up. It would have been funny if he went up there and turned on a 3D printer and waited 40 hours for the fucking thing to print. It's like, see, look how easy it is. It'll just be a, a few more days. <laughs> yeah, just just hold on. I'll show you how easy this is. It doesn't take very long, he said. Anyone can order it in the mail. He also named uh, Stephen Dettelback, a former U.S. attorney for Ohio, as his nominee to the the ATF. Uh, The president's previous nominee was forced to withdraw amid opposition of the Senate. Um, So what what do you think of this so far, Justin? (laughs) I I, I can't believe. (laughs) So I can't believe that they make ghost guns to be as big a deal as they do. Uh, Yeah. And it, it even... It even goes to the school. I was actually reading the same article earlier today, uh, prepping for the show. Mm-hmm. And like it talks about the the instances where a ghost gun has been used in a in a homicide or, or in a, you know criminal activity or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly few and far between. And they also act like the the ghost gun incidences aren't the exact same as any regular gun instance sure. where it's a criminal using it for something illegal like they're not the people who are so the people like us who would actually buy a ghost gun from somebody and put it together and all of that like we would probably have the tracing on it anyway like the people who are doing this and and we would be buying it from reputable uh producers Mm -hmm. like the the people who we would buy it from 
probably aren't selling to criminal elements anyway. Like this, that's the way this works. And who's to say that they're not getting their guns from government sources right. anyway? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into some of that stuff. But um, I want to talk a little about ghost guns because, I mean, some people probably don't know too much of what that is or I've heard of them. But it's basically just a homemade firearm that's not serialized. That's right. a ghost gun. I mean, people think whatever they want. Oh, it's it's uh, it's 3D printed or it's this or it's, right. it's it's just a homemade firearm yeah. that has no serial number. And that's exactly what Wiki- Wikipedia says. It's a firearm that lacks a commercially applied serial number, rendering the weapon untraceable. It's used mostly um, by gun control advocates, but it's increasingly being used by gun rights advocates and some in the firearm industry. Says because home manufacture, because home manufacture of firearms for personal use is not considered to fall under the U.S. federal government's authority to regulate interstate. Um, individuals making their own firearms are not subject to federal or state commercial background regulation. So legally, I think we could print whatever we wanted as long as you're not selling it or you're not right. selling the parts. Yeah. And that was the whole point of this was <clears throat> what he got into is like, well, we're gonna serialize more than just the receiver or the the frame which is if if you look at a pistol i didn't i didn't bring mine in here to ship for show and tell but no. the part that's serialized is the cheapest plasticky part it's the yeah. the frame with the handle on it and the part that actually does all the shooting has no serial number on it and honestly i've always thought that doesn't make any fucking sense to me either right. because why serialize just the handle and trigger when the part that does all the shooting doesn't have to be serialized, that you're just asking for people to uh, recreate handles and shit right. that will work on on these things. So, I guess if you are going to serialize a gun, you might as well serialize the upper and the lower, in my opinion. So yeah. that part makes sense to me. I don't think they necessarily need to be serialized, and I think they are really shooting at straws here, <laughs> going after these gu- yeah. ghost gun parts, but. I personally, I think they they know that they're not going to make any progress with anything they actually want to do, but they can throw around this term "ghost guns" and scare people and be like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna limit ghost guns," and you know, people will be like, "Oh, well, he's doing something." Yeah. You know, so. Oh, oh, he's he's doing something. Like I said, I'm surprised people aren't just like, "Well, what it, what exactly did you do?" Because that me not wanting more gun re- regulations read this bill. I'm just like. Yeah, right. What did you do exactly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, um, you made it harder for some certain sites. Like, there's an actual website called ghostguns.com that I follow on Facebook. And they'll sell um, the uppers, and then they'll sell, like, the blueprints to 3D print okay. the bottoms. So, for the most part, you got two types of ghost guns. And this is how easy, like he was saying, it yeah. is to build. One is the 3D print kind, which, like I said, takes 30-plus hours to print. And then half the time, yeah. they don't hold up because it's freaking plastic or it'll shoot like a hundred rounds and break the other kind is what's called 80 percent which is like basically a rough frame of the lower and you have to have like a mill or a drills and special equipment and special um like use of tools like knowledge of tools to be able to mill that out to to the specs that Mm -hmm. you need and in these articles, they're like, oh, all you need is like a basic Dremel and a couple of hand drills. It's like, I don't think yeah. it'd be that easy. I've seen the 80% yeah. kits. And so, from, and, go ahead. And if you've never run a mill or a lathe, like that's <laughs> that's not just, you don't just go pick that up overnight. Like right. I, I spent, I spent, literally spent years learning how to, 
how to properly run a mill and a lathe to, sure. to do metal work. Like you don't just, <laughs> you don't just like go, number one, you don't just go buy one of those. They're pretty fucking expensive. And number two, you don't just pick it up overnight tinkering uh -huh. with it. Like, yeah. Even a freaking <laughs> Dremel. Have you ever tried to just cut a straight line with a Dremel? <laughs> it, it, it's fucking impossible. Yeah. So to, to say, oh, you just pick up a Dremel, you pick up the kit. They even have guides for you to follow. Even yeah. with a guide. Yeah, right. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of practice. Maybe in like three years, mm -hmm. like you were saying, you might become proficient right. in milling a freaking 80% uh, yeah. gun receiver and be able to do anything productive with it. So yeah. when it, when he comes out saying how easy it is to make these things, that's I I don't buy it. Like no. I said, if if it was that easy, I would be doing it already because yeah. I like all kinds of hobbies and when I see what it takes to do this, I'm just like, nah, no, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, you you, you build Fucking tables. <laughs> yes. And you, but you see that kit yeah. for the gun, and you're like, nope, not doing no, it. <laughs> that's not for me. You, you have any experience making any ghost guns, Justin? <laughs> no, no. I uh, <clears throat> I haven't made any ghost guns. I, I do. I am good with metal work. I've, I have run a mill and a lathe, and I know how to make stuff like that. Uh, but I haven't actually done any of it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just. Well, this article, the CNN article keeps going, and it keeps getting more ridiculous. Yeah. Go, uh, uh, have they added the CDC into it yet? <laughs> uh, they they did mention yeah, that I, in yeah. this. We haven't got there yet, how the CDC calls this like a public health thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, ridiculous. how does the CDC get involved <laughs> yeah. in Disease. Guns? Disease. <laughs> yes, yes, getting shot is a health problem, <laughs> yes. but getting shot is not a disease. Yeah. It's really contagious. <laughs> yes, very. It says the move only in Chicago. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's super contagious. It's spreading all across Chicago. It says the moves that and that that's what this gets into. And I want to talk about this because this talks about this, the the uptick in gun violence in this country. Right. It says the move came as gun violence and crime have ticked up in the United States, putting pressure on the White House to take action. A rash of shootings over the weekend underscored the emergency. Four people, including two teens, were shot shortly after a Major League Baseball game in D.C. Saturday night, police said in—or that was Saturday night. Uh, in Illinois, six people were found injured after a shooting occurred in a residential neighborhood. Uh, it says there, police are also investigating a shooting at a birthday party in Indianapolis. And then um, two people— Two people were killed and ten hospitalized. Here we made the news. Cedar Rapids at a targeted attack is what they call yeah, it. I wonder what that means, targeted. Here in Cedar Rapids. I mean, he knew his target, yeah. and he okay. went after him and shot him. Interesting. So it wasn't just like a brash act of gun violence. Right. And that, that one specifically. Better, though. Well, they, that <laughs> one specifically. It's like, if it's a targeted killing, targeted attack, that person was going to kill that fucker yeah, if he had a gun or not. Where he was, yeah. He was going to was gonna kill him. He was going to... Take a knife or a yeah. freaking spork or whatever. A car, and was, yeah, mean. one way or another, he was going to kill him. So yeah. it, the, these examples, these upticks, they're, they're such. It's interesting because they're, for the most part, pretty minor compared right. to some of the mass shootings we've heard throughout yeah. the years. Did you hear about the one in Indianapolis? Because I hadn't even heard of that one. I, I heard about it on the on the news, but I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it because it's it's indie. The sort of stuff happens. Right. Just about every weekend, like it's not necessarily to that extent, but Almost there's usually the something going on in Indy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Have, uh, and if we're gonna get into it, you know, stop me. But have you looked at the numbers for the mass shootings? Because there has been a lot of talk about how there is this huge uptick in mass shootings, and we're having such a, a rash and a wave of of 
mass shootings in the country over I ha- the last year or two? I haven't looked into those numbers, so if you got them, definitely, like, go ahead. You have the floor. I can't remember the exact number. It's like 400-something that have been classified as mass shootings. But if you go in and you look at them, like 85 to 90% of them, no one was killed. So it's just shooting in an area. Like, the definition yeah. of a mass shooting, isn't it shooting a mass amount of people? <laughs> I think it's yes, more it's than a, two. Isn't it? Right. It's a shooting that involved more than two people. Yeah. And so if if three people got shot at, then that's considered a mass shooting. Okay. It doesn't, like, nobody even had to have gone to the hospital. Yeah. If three people were shot at, then that's a mass shooting. So, yeah, like, the overwhelming majority of this huge, huge wave of mass shootings haven't even involved a single death. And most of them, the the rest of them that did involve a death, it was predominantly one. Like, multiple people getting killed at the same time is... Mm pretty few and far between i like how not that yeah i mean not to diminish that just diminish that but you know the way they portray this is such a huge problem and it's really not especially when you look at it statistically Um, well what i mean i'm i have a feeling i feel like they've redefined mass shooting over the last few decades so when they when they say well mass shootings are on the rise since for the last two decades well when you're redefining, it's kind of like the COVID numbers. It, yeah. They redefined them as they went. So they redefined them so it looked like they were going up, and then they redefined them again yeah. so it looked like they were coming down when it was convenient yeah. for them. So what if if you're redefining it as you go, yeah. then you can't compare those numbers right. anymore. Yeah. It started as like the, the Valentine's Day massacre, you know, where like, what, eight gangsters got gunned down. And now if you accidentally shoot yourself in the foot twice, it's a mass <laughs> shooting. Yes. And here's the latest. This popped up at 625. So right before we came on the show, this is the, the Cedar Rapids shooting. Um, they caught one of the guys and okay. they're charging him with uh, these are the charges they're charging him with. Second degree murder. <clears throat> Uh, willful injury causing serious injury, intimidation with a dangerous weapon, reckless use of a firearm causing serious injury, and this is my favorite, possession of a firearm as a felon. Yeah, right. That tells me that he legally wasn't allowed to own a firearm in the first place. So illegally obtained it. Same thing. With some of these other cases, they talk some of the the thing that I see in common here. We got Washington D.C. We've got Illinois, which is it was just out. It was Elgin, Illinois, is where okay. it was. So it was right outside Chicago. Yeah, some of the strictest gun laws on the books. Yeah. like D.C., you can't possess uh, assault weapons. Yeah. You can't open carry. You can't. You have to have uh, rigorous background checks. All that shit. And guess what? There's there, there's yeah. still a mass shooting there. Illinois, same yeah. thing. Some of the strictest laws on the books. Yeah. Um, I know you were talking about uh, on your show because you talked about gun grabbing on your show this week, Justin. Um, you were talking about the pain in the ass it is to carry across state lines. I I know for me, like we we traveled to your home state of of Indiana, where I can legally carry with my concealed carry license, and it's open carry there anyway. Um, but we have to travel across Illinois, so. Yeah. I brought a lockbox and put it under the seat. I'm like, if you get pulled over, if you see lights, let me know because I need to stash this under the seat really damn quick. So, um, it, I mean, Illinois is one of the top states of yeah. strict gun laws. D.C.'s top state. California has shootings all the time, st- strict gun laws. Colorado has a 
mass shooting, it seems like every six months. Right? That's they have like, some of this like the go-to gun. place. Yeah. So <laughs> talk to me about gun laws and how much they work, Justin. So the the number is argued depending on who you're having the conversation with, but oh, there's somewhere in the realm of 2,000 different gun laws, restrictions, and regulations on the books across all 50 states and federally. And so, so like you, you almost cover every possible base that you could with the gun restrictions that are on the books anyway, but mm-hmm. somehow more gun laws are going to make sense. And, and so you were talking about DC, Illinois, uh, California, New York. If you look at the problem that you run into is if you look at the statistics that they use, for like the gun violence statistics, mm-hmm. all of those states get ranked really low in terms of gun violence because they they always lump suicide into yes. the gun into the gun violence numbers, and that's like sixty so, percent of gun violence is suicides. That, that, right. So, like, so when you isolate it down, if you remove suicides from the equation and you start looking at these states. Illinois is in the top top three or four in like homicide gun related homicides. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most restrictive gun control states in the country. Uh, California is like number one in uh, gun related homicides. Again, one of the most restrictive states in the country. Uh, Maryland is way up on the list. Uh, I think uh, I think of red states because they always they always portray it as that. The less or the more lax gun control states have the higher have the higher gun violence, but if you remove suicides from those right. or or accidental deaths, because a lot of them, there are a lot that are hunting related accidents and stuff too, but that gets counted as gun violence because you sure. died because of a gun. So if you remove that, the only state that has lax gun control that falls high on that list is Texas. But then if you like look at Texas, it's Houston. Austin, like it's the yeah, big, the big city. It's the big cities, and that's the way it always. That's the way it always boils down. Like, mm-hmm. and and these big cities are all the like, they're the ones that have the most regulation and the most restriction anyway. It's sure. just insane. Well, Biden went on to say um, because, like I said, his his gun proposal pretty much fell flat, in my opinion. Um, just regulating. I mean, there's more regulation on, on more right. parts of the guns, but still. You're getting background. The, it, it's not going to affect the majority of us too much different right. than it are already was. If if we're buying guns, we're we're filling out the background checks anyway. If if people are going to shoot somebody illegally, they're going to find a way to do that, whether or not these things mm-hmm. happen. Um, he goes on to say that. Uh, well, this is the CDC part. It says routine deadly gun violence is uniquely is a uniquely American problem. This is CNN. Still, the U.S. CDC. Um, deemed gun violence a serious public health threat. And then Bi- Biden also made modest progress on gun control, but major steps like banning assault weapons and closing background check loopholes would require congressional ac- action. So in his speech, he even said, I'm yeah. going to call on Congress to ban right. like high-capacity magazines and assault weapons and stuff. So basically all the things that you keep saying that you're going to do— right. you- you still don't have the power to do it. And so I, I found that interesting, and I'm sure he's going to get a lot of pushback from that, too. Oh, you know you will. So that's all I had on that article. But while we're on the same page of 
uh, states and cities with with the highest gun gun laws being the biggest problems. It was interesting to me because leading up to this whole Biden speech thing, um, they were talking about this the Sacramento shooting last week, like saying, "Well, leading up to Biden, this is leading Biden to uh, propose new." Mm-hmm. realize he needs to propose new gun laws or stricter gun laws. That one wasn't even mentioned. Mm. The Sacramento one wasn't even mentioned. And I, I was kind of disappointed because this one, to me, goes so completely against the narrative. And I know mm. that's why it wasn't mentioned. Yeah. Because this was gang violence, first of all. Second of all, uh, the guns used were illegal guns. They were illegal weapons. Yeah. Um, one was like a modified handgun that was fully automatic because they modified it. Another one, a guy possessed a gun, and he was a fresh out of jail. He was a felon. He wasn't supposed to be possessing it. So all these guns were already fucking illegal, and the governor over there, Gavin Newsom, is like, oh, we need stricter gun laws. It's like, yeah, for what? <laughs> Your gun laws aren't working. Right. Yeah, And it, it, it just falls so flat. And even Biden came out after the, the Sacramento shooting, and um, he says... Uh, It says the call for action on the federal level reached as far as the White House. Biden says ban ghost guns, uh, require background checks for all gun sales, ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines, repeal gun manufacturers immunity from liability. Guess what California has on the books? Every single one of those already. Every single one of those California has on the books. And Biden's so out of touch that he's like, well, if if we ban ghost guns and uh, automatic weapons, which... Those weren't even a case in this this instance. Hmm. But California already has all those on the books. Yeah. That's crazy. And automatic weapons have been banned for <laughs> a century now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, the the automatic weapons ban has been in existence for I think literally a hundred years. Sure. So like anytime that the, the left goes nuts about well, you can just get an automatic weapon and shoot at it's like, no, you literally can't like the only way that you've got that is illegally or if you have it or if you've gone through an insane amount of background checks licensing Mm -hmm. all kinds of other permitting all kinds of other stuff in order to be able to own it and you like you're not owning that like the people who are owning an automatic weapon aren't owning it because they intend to go out and Okay, the people who have legally gone through the proper process to own an automatic weapon aren't owning it so they can go out and, like, commit mass murder. Mm. They use it as a showpiece or something like that. Like, right. they're collectors or they're, they do shows. Like, it's, it's, not a, it's not something that they have to use. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, using that term, you know, automatic, fully automatic, whatever, it's another buzzword, kind of like ghost guns, mm-hmm. that they just use to scare people. They know it that it's not going to make a difference, but right. they can say, "Well, we're going to get rid of this," even though everybody else is like in the know is like, "Well, okay, that's already been banned." Yeah, you know? high high capacity magazines. Yeah, right. Like, like, does it really make a difference? I mean, have you seen somebody speed reload? Yeah, like some of these people that are trained to speed reload. It doesn't matter if you have thirty rounds or ten rounds. If you if yeah. you can speed reload, I mean. You're right back at it within a yeah. matter of seconds anyway. Who <laughs> like it, the the things that they're pushing for don't freaking matter. They don't yeah. change anything. Like the big bad scary assault rifle that has the same ammo as a hunting rifle just yeah. happens to have be colored black and have a scary pistol grip. Yeah. I mean, what what is this actually going to do for gun violence? 
So, um, what do you what do you think? California needs stricter gun laws, Justin. So a lot of times I'll make the uh, the analogy when I was working at a grain facility we had a guy that fell off a barge hit the water mm -hmm. afterwards they started implementing all these new rules on how we could how we were supposed to uh, handle ourselves when we were on a barge the guy broke one of the number one rules for being on a barge that's why he fell off it's like instead of adding a bunch of new restrictions to us when we're on the barge yeah. why don't you just enforce the already existing uh, rules that we have for the barge and fire the guy who <laughs> fell off for doing it right. wrong, who deliberately did it wrong to begin with. Sure. Like that's where, that's where the entire country is. Like yeah. if maybe we should try to actually enforce some of the rules that we have. Oh yeah. wait, that's right. The rules that we have are completely useless anyway, because they don't apply to the people that they're mm -hmm. intended to, because no. those are the people who don't care what the rules are anyway. Yeah, because like, guess what's already illegal? Yeah. Shooting somebody. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how many ways you can make the gun itself illegal. Well, what if they issued permits to shoot people? <laughs> We're going to get into that. That's a David Hogg quote right yes. there. That Actually, Justin sent me that one, and that's what sparked... Sparked this whole idea of talking about yeah. this in the first place. Justin's like, Justin, you were like, I've been following David Hogg and he's a fucking moron. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I was just trying to figure out if it was if it was Dennis. Like, was Dennis <laughs> pretending to be David Hogg and troubling everybody? Like, when I was seeing some of those tweets come out, it's like, this can't be real, can it? Like, <laughs> oh, it, it's man. too insane. For him to have actually thought that this was a good tweet. <laughs> we are going to spend the majority of the second half bashing him on David Hogg. So <clears throat> that that way people keep their interest. Come back for our David Hogg bashing in the second half because I've got quite a few of his tweets pulled up and we're just we're gonna break these down because some of them are just so utterly ridiculous. And then there's some of them that's like you're like almost there, dude, but then you throw in yeah. banned guns. And it's like, well, the whole the right. whole topic just went out the window for me because yeah. he's like you know uh we should um have less less f like shrink the federal government or do this or that and close guantanamo bay and right and ban guns it's just like you almost had me dude you yeah. almost had like the libertarian point yeah. there but, but that's his that's his meat and potatoes i mean that's what he's known for oh yeah so if he doesn't throw that in there he's gonna lose whatever backing he's got you know well it i mean it's interesting because he, i i re, i read some post it's like this is a guy that's gotten famous for literally nothing doing yeah. nothing he he got famous for living yeah <laughs> that, right. that's it yeah. and um i mean he's the face we'd like to forget but i mean <laughs> right. while he's here we might as well keep talking about him so we'll talk more about that on the second half what do you think about ghost guns do you think they should be legal do you think like what is your opinion on them should I mean, there's the whole, it's legal to make whatever firearms you want, but should people be able to distribute ghost gun kits and, and things like that, or the, the prints for 3D printing? What is your opinion on that? I don't know that ghost guns have evolved to the point that they would, uh, that I would necessarily consider them that serious of a, an issue yet. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things that, it may require a more common sense look at and perhaps there is some level of just you know general regulation that a typical gun goes through uh which is quite a bit more significant than what uh most of the gun grabbers would have you believe 
but to this point, like I said, I, I'm just not sure that ghost guns have reached the point of evolution that they're that they would be considered that serious of a problem. I mean, how many how many of these do you see where, like you were talking about earlier, like somebody will run a hundred rounds through it and then the thing will blow up on them, like, mm-hmm. uh, and the the level of knowledge and skill to actually build one of these properly it's it's not joe biden you know clicking something together like there is quite a bit of technical uh know-how that that's involved in that so maybe maybe in five years maybe i mean hopefully in two years but maybe down the road we get to the point where where there is a a technical knowledge and an evolution of the guns that that they are on par with what you can buy you know, from a, a, a major manufacturer, but I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Sure. And, and I, I'm not in favor of any more regulation or restriction on any guns period. But, you know, like I said, I'm also not, a, I'm not opposed to just common sense. There should be a, you know, a certain level of baseline uh, regulation that, Maybe isn't necessary, but that is a comfort to the average person who doesn't know anything about guns and is a deterrent to the average person who doesn't mm-hmm. need to have a gun. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, and you talk about common sense and all of this is riddled with non common sense because one of the things <clears throat> one of the things that they had said about ghost guns in this this proposal was uh, that if a ghost uh, already made ghost gun ends up going through like a shop or a pawn shop or something. They have to stamp that with a serial number. It's like how many freaking how many idiots are selling ghost guns right, to yeah. a pawn shop or anybody's or gonna a make gun a gun? Take that kind of time. There's no way they're gonna sell it in a pawn no. shop. No, it's just like oh, I, I kind of need some money. I'll, <laughs> I'll just sell this 3D printed gun. And how many how many gun shops? Are buying 3D printed right. ghost yeah, guns right. in the first place? Like, I mean, what is the going value on that? <laughs> of like, a already, yeah. And again, again, a lot of the shops that sell you guns are trying to cover their own ass. They're going to yeah. get a non-serialized gun. I, I, <laughs> yes. I don't. If they got a gun in that had the serial number filed off, I guarantee you they're going to be like, take it. I, I don't want my. Yeah, hand. Yeah, I don't want to touch no this shit. Buy no. It. So no. if a ghost gun came in with no serial number, I guarantee you, guarantee you. The majority of yeah. them, unless they're shitheads, are going to be like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Get that shit out of my shop. Absolutely. So again, at any pawn shop that I've looked at a gun in, uh, they've been they've been way way more careful about just letting you touch oh, yeah. it or look at it or anything mm-hmm. than than any normal gun store or or even a, you know like a gun <laughs> show. Like the pawn shops are extremely tight about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be just go in and be like, hey, I'm wondering, do you have any guns with the serial number filed off? <laughs> <laughs> like how how do you go about that pr- asking that question? Right. So like, yeah, just let's go in the back room here. Yeah. And then if they have a back room, they're doing so many more things wrong than just right. selling ghost guns. So again, it comes back to if if it's gotten to that point where they're selling uh, non-serialized guns. They're probably selling drugs and, and right. grenades it's and like stuff too. Pulp Fiction. They got somebody locked up in the basement. <laughs> yes. None of it. None of it freaking makes any sense at all. Like, yeah. um, oh, oh, we we gotta we gotta track these things if they're ever in circulation. 
they're not going to be in circulation. Yeah, right. That's the point of ghost guns. And even the ATF can't... I, I guess my next question with ghost guns, before we move away from that, is how many ghost guns do you think are actually the problem? Right. And like you started to say, uh, it's not really a big thing. How many ghost guns do you think are actually the ones being used in, in crimes and shit? Yeah. I, I mean, I right, can't like most imagine. Of the, most of the ghost guns that are out there are hobbyists or... Uh-huh. You know, people like us that are doing it for fun to yeah. to see what they can make not they're not i don't think anybody's putting in 30 or 40 hours to build their own gun so they can go hold up a bank or something like that <laughs> right and the whole premise of ghost guns is to get around the law and still be legal well these people are going and robbing a liquor store i don't think they're too concerned about getting around the law right. and still being legal they're going to go as as that the sacramento incident i mean they're modifying their guns to be illegal anyway they're stealing yeah. like one of the guns was a stolen gun in this situ- it's like all of them were illegal guns yeah. i don't think that they're going to put in that effort to get around the law so they can break the law and go to prison it's just like yeah. just go fucking steal a gun then right. if you're going to do that and just not, nothing makes sense yeah. in all of this. I don't think a whole lot of prep work is going into robbing the local liquor store. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Hang on, hang on. We're gonna, I'm going to go steal a bottle of whiskey, but I'm going to go spend 30 hours to print my gun really fast. Hold on. And then I'm going to order the upper to, put, to go with it. So uh, apparently the ATF, which we know never tells lies right. and never like burns communities or anything like that, um, they say that um, since... I think it was since like 2016 to 2000 or to 2021, 692 uh, ghost guns were recovered from homicide incidences. So 692 in that five year stretch. A part of me is just like that. I mean, that sounds like a lot, but how many homicides were there in that five years total? Yeah. And the other part of me says, well, shit. They're untraceable. The ATF lies about everything. They could easily make right. up these numbers oh, yeah. to look good on paper to regulate yeah. this shit because it's untraceable. We, we can't prove that. Just like they can't prove that this gun was used in a crime right. because it's not serialized, we can't prove yeah. that they recovered a ghost gun. Well, and, and the ATF are shitheads. And plus, to cover their own ass, you know, they'd be like, well, shit, that guy never should have had a gun. <laughs> how did he pass the background Shh, check? File ghost gun now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And how many of those were just a part of a ghost gun that wasn't complete wasn't functional that these uh criminal element were attempting to make something thinking Mm -hmm. that they were gonna have some like easy way to sell illegal guns and make a whole bunch of money and then realize about halfway into the process that there's a whole lot more to it than (laughs) what they thought there was yeah yeah uh I don't Have know. you seen the stuff like with the buyback programs where people print a bunch of lowers or stuff like that and, and just go turn it in on the buyback program? No, that's, and get that's hilarious. Twenty, that's fifty dollars a pop off of it. Fantastic <laughs> idea. Yeah. I mean you spend uh I mean several hours printing them off, but how I mean you're probably getting more money than the 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 plastic that you put yeah. into it. So I mean you might as well. I mean that 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 there is get genius. the money and then go buy an actual gun. Yeah, go, go buy a legal <laughs> gun, or just buy more ghost guns. I don't know. So, do you think this? Do you think this announcement is anything? Do you think that these gun regulations are anything? Are they going? Are they going to do any good? Are they even going to appease the left at all? I don't think they're going to go anywhere. I don't think that'll actually make it into uh, 
I don't think it'll even make it to any sort of a formal legislation. I think it's uh, Joe Biden and the DNC getting up and jerking off on stage to pretend that they're going to do something just to shut up their uh, most rabid base. And and we've seen with the Supreme Court in its current iteration over the last year or so, um, they are a lot more 2A friendly. There have been some things. I think there was one that came out of like New York that uh, that the Supreme Court upheld in favor of the Second Amendment. So, so I don't think... I don't think they're going to try to push the issue because if they do and it ends up in the Supreme Court's hands, it's going to blow up in their face. And I don't I don't think the, the Democrats want that. Like, I think they know what direction that's going to go. So they'll get up and they'll posture and they'll say the things they need to say to get their base to shut up for a while. And then they'll go back to business as usual, yeah. which is literally what they've done with everything throughout the Biden administration. He oh, gets yeah. up, yeah. he says, he says the right things to get them to shut up for a while. And then nothing changes. And then he blames Congress, which is what he did. And that's was like, well, Congress just need yeah. now that, now that I've got the ball rolling, Congress needs to pass these like universal background checks, the high capacity magazines, the assault weapons ban. Congress needs to do this. And that's, that's an easy cop out for them because for him, because he can be like, well, I tried, you saw me, I stood right. up there and tried. Yeah, I took the first steps. And then Congress couldn't get it done. It's those damn Republicans holding mm -hmm. it up. Even though Democrats have control of the House and Congress right now, they could get this done if they absolutely yeah. wanted to. But they don't want to, because no. especially election time is coming up. Yeah. The midterms are coming up. They're not going to ban, do any sort of weapons ban with midterms coming up right now. They might wait till December yeah. or January and decide, you know, now is the time. We, we're already here. But I, I don't even see it going that yeah. far. Right. A lot of these Democrats are in uh, their their jurisdiction or their uh, uh, constituents are pretty gun favorable. So mm -hmm. like a lot of them, even though it's, you know, traditionally blue parts of the country, there are a number of these Democrats that can't go out and just get behind any excessive, ridiculous gun control legislation because they will absolutely feel it come November. Like, yeah. Either they'll get either they'll get primaried over the next couple of months, or it'll end up flipping to a conservative because their districts don't support this stuff. Like they can they can stay in they can stay in their seat as a Democrat as long as they uh, don't push too progressive. Sure. So uh, we're gonna get into break here in just a couple minutes. Um, then we're gonna get into the fun shit with with David Hogg and his wonderful tweets because all his tweets, I mean, he tweets probably at least 300 times a day. <laughs> like the guy does literally nothing but sit on Twitter from what I can tell. But, um, talk to me about, uh, I, I've got this kind of thought process that the people that have the most say regarding like pushing for gun control are usually the most ignorant about gun control and how guns work and how gun sales work. What it, like, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, you're spot on with that. Have you ever <laughs> seen, have you ever seen the way they, they hold a gun or the way they'll <laughs> explain a gun, talk about a gun, yes. the terminology that they use? Like you can tell that these people have never fired a weapon. Mm -hmm. They've never tried to buy one. Uh -huh. They don't know anything about it. Like they're the most Ill gun illiterate human beings on the planet uh, yeah. it's 
it's, uh, it's Alec they're the worst people to be making any sort of any sort of legislative decisions because they have absolutely no knowledge whatsoever. It's yeah. it's insane. And yeah. it's down to the media, like media personalities, too, because yeah. you hear some of the stuff they say. Like I, I'd seen one a couple of years ago uh, where they, they showed like a it was probably like a a four inch spot on a on a hole in a target. And he said it was created by an AR-15 round, yeah. a, a four inch freaking hole have you ever shot an ar-15 at a paper target you can barely see the freaking <laughs> the hole you got to yeah. look for uh especially like downrange you can't see it at all you got to pull it back in and mm-hmm. look for it um but yeah it's just ignorance like that or is that one reporter that shot an ar and then claimed he got ptsd after oh, right. he, he yeah. shot yeah. it it's just like the smells and the sounds yeah. he's like i had momentary like p- like temporary ptsd yeah. after shooting it i couldn't stop the, shaking the prosecutor from uh, the rittenhouse trial when he's like pointing the gun at the jury <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> how would you feel if you were looking at this it's like I, I like i said i would I'd get up and punch that prosecutor oh, in the face. Yeah. yeah. Like I've seen people in the military like flag their instructor or something and get literally tackled in their spot for flaggings. I mean, yeah. it, I feel like it would be in the jury's um, rights to get up and punch that prosecutor oh, yeah. in the face. You saw that one, didn't you, Justin? Yeah, that was nuts. Like, and, and again, that was like one of those situations that is like when you see the way that the, these people handle a gun, you can tell that they've never actually yeah. handled a gun. Like yeah. he, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Oh, he had a finger. Whoever, whoever gave him the idea that he should do that <laughs> should probably be fired themselves. Yes. I mean, he broke all the weapon safety rules too. Yeah. He had his finger on the trigger. He was pointing the gun at them. Um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the weapon was not unsafe. That, oh, that's sure. the only yeah. one I couldn't tell from the picture is whether or not the, the rifle was unsafe or not. But um, it's, and he didn't clear it himself because no. didn't he say he was like, oh, my 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 assistant here cleared yeah, it for right, me. Yeah. It's like, His but that's not how like, it works. What's a clear? <laughs> yeah. And that's not. Yeah. That's not how it works. When you hand a gun to somebody else. Yeah. You're but supposed to clear it. Again, Alec Baldwin is a perfect example. Right. <laughs> I mean, gun illiteracy right there. And he's like in the last few years. I mean, he's really quieted down on his oh, gun, well, his gun violence. <laughs> so um, with that, talking about. The most ignorant, having the most to say about guns. We're going to talk about our favorite David Hogg when we come back. Um, we're going to take a, a quick four or five minutes, uh, take a break, get something to drink, and then uh, we're going to come back and have the real fun conversation if you're if you got more time, Justin. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get into break. We will be right back. Make sure you come back for this part because it's going to be a it's going to be a laugh. Yeah. I, I guarantee it. So we will be right back. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence to new ways to develop rugged individualism to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsel W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsel W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. 
Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. Everybody, we are back with Justin Campbell of the Fact Check This podcast. Let me get rid of this music and get Justin back in here. Justin, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Are you are you done with your break? Did we cut you off? Oh, I'm. I was just perusing David Hawk's timeline. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a fun one. So, um. We went into break talking about ignorant people who don't know shit about about yeah. gun laws. And um, I got to start out with this picture here because, I mean, this will, this will get us right into the feel of what we got to talk about. <laughs> wow. This is our favorite picture. He, he's sporting like a Tony Stark goatee now on Twitter, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He is. And he's got like the slick back hair. But, but this is my, my classic go-to David Hogg image yeah. here because... It's almost like he's going full blown Hitler with this. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if he was doing that or if he's doing like Breakfast Club. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if he's like. I I, I don't know, but he. And that wouldn't that be more appropriate? I mean, with the whole. I high think school he was thing? trying to go for the uh, the black power fist, but he didn't uh, get it quite high enough up in the air because he has <laughs> weak shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Those shoulder fake shoulder pads were getting in the way. Um, it, this picture to me cracks me up because. He's going for such a stern appearance, but he's like everything that's not stern and intimidating at all. There's like no, nothing intimidating about this man whatsoever. He looks like a used car salesman. <laughs> he has a really weak jawline too, and yeah. the chin just maybe like, that's why he grew the, the, the goatee. The goatee was actually an improvement. For that's what I was gonna say. True. Yeah, that's why he did the goatee. Maybe that's why he did the goatee because um, because he. Somebody was just like, dude, do you even have a chin? What what is that? What is that thing on your face? I mean, seriously, you're you're in your twenties, man. You should have a, a jawline. <laughs> so so if you had to take a guess, who do you think was in DC today for uh Joe Biden's announcement on gun policy? I'll give you a hit. <laughs> David Hogg. He was Does there. he ever actually go to class? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he's got to be on Twitter the whole time he's in yeah, class. Seriously. If he's actually in class, he's got to be on Twitter the whole time because we're going to go through some of his tweets and stuff. But like I said, you scroll through it. It takes you yeah. 45 seconds just to get to yesterday's tweets because he just like posts and posts and posts and just like. Yeah. And there's like something to be said about oversaturating your own social media because people yeah. eventually stop listening. And that's just David Hogg in a nutshell. It's yeah. just like people get tired of hearing him 
yeah. they're just like, even if he had something good to say, it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, this guy's in the news again. Why? Yeah. Why is this guy talking again? Do you think maybe he has like talk to text turned on and he just forgets that he's like constantly rattling off new stuff? <laughs> he's just like. It's just talking and talking, and like it just keeps posting. It's <laughs> probably it. Uh, Justin, you described on your show, um, you described David Hogg as your favorite Harvard retard, and that is my <laughs> my favorite description of him uh, ever. So, so talk to me. Talk to me. What you know about David Hogg? So what? He was the uh, he was the Lakeland shooter. Of, wow, Parkland. gosh, now I forget. Parkland. Park. I yeah. was I was close. Uh, yeah, he was the Parkland shooting survivor, the turned gun activist. That has has he really done anything other than that? Like that's that's the entirety of his claim to fame. And then he he got into Harvard because <laughs> As a gimmick. He, yeah, like that's that's it, I guess. And they even he he even posted that he got to teach a class. Um, what? Uh, I don't know what he was teaching, probably how to just incessantly post to Twitter and make <laughs> no sense whatsoever. But I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's a class for that these days. Sure. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, sure. It was last week. He, he said he got to teach a class. Uh, huh. I, I didn't know he had declared a major, but I, yeah, I, here we are. What What was his major? You said you didn't I know. Doubt. Did. I, I, I'm, I I'm sure. I'm sure it's like public uh, public, public right. relations or yeah. Activism, uh, socialism, or liberal arts—you know—one of those things. He's that, on the Obama track, uh, probably. Um, so th there's a lot of things to be said, like that are said out there about um, David Hogg, specifically in the conspiracy theory realm, and which I'd like to hang out a lot in. And I—I I don't know if I buy most of it, but there—I mean, there's some weird, there's some shady stuff yeah. revolving around David Hogg and the Parkland shooting, and I don't want to get too deep into it because. This isn't a conspiracy theory podcast, and I don't want to get the Alex Jones treatment and get sued by like some of the, the right. shooting victims and stuff. I'm not I'm not here to say anything about the shooting, but from what I've heard, David Hogg wasn't there. Have you heard that? <laughs> that's the uh, that's a common rumor that is out there. As he is a <laughs> crisis actor that was on scene for it, but not actually a participant in it well so. i would like this was his statement that got conspiracy theorists to say that he wasn't even there during the shooting he said this is his direct quote on the day of the shooting and this supposedly got like this is on a politic politifact fact check page so this is for your podcast the fact check this podcast and it's it's this is fun to me because his statement that supposedly got taken out of context was on the day of the shooting, I got my camera and got on my bike and rode as fast as I could three miles from my house to the school to get as much video and to get as many interviews as I could because I knew this could not be another mass shooting. How do you take that out of context? Really doesn't sound like he was at the school. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he's like, shit, today of all days I missed. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'm going to just read a little bit about from this PolitiFact one, and then I got a video of him that I want to play, a couple videos actually, and show you how real this person is as a human. Um, but this goes on to say after that, it says, people question how Hogg could be at the school when the shooting started and also be riding his bike three miles to get his camera. <laughs> yes. And if Hogg really did leave the school, how did he get back to campus if the area was on lockdown? Again, a good question. 
says the timeline presented in this way is a bit confusing, but the blogs didn't try to fairly settle the seeming discrepancy. Here's what happened. Hogg was at the school during the shooting. I mean, that's a good way to fact check it. It's right. just by saying yeah. it's wrong, right? right? Yeah. Uh, it's just Say, wrong. No, this is what actually what happened. Hogg shot a video on his cell phone while taking cover in a classroom closet. Tell me if this is a real scenario to you, Justin, or Bill. This is him talking to students while taking cover. And this is why they know he was there, because he shot this video from the closet while, ta while taking cover during the actual shooting. Okay. Listen to this. So, Once my phone hits 30, I'm done recording. So what's your message? Um, I really don't think there's anything new to say, but there shouldn't have to be, because if you looked around this closet and saw everyone just hiding together, you would know that this shouldn't be happening anymore, and that it doesn't deserve to happen to anyone, and that no amount of money should make it more easily accessible to get guns. Um, She's a fucking liar. And that's that. I'm sorry. L listen to the next one. That was more well articulated in my head. That wasn't articulated at all. You want to say anything else? No. <clears throat> I personally have rallied for, um, you know, gun rights and um, less control, not necessarily less control, but this experience has definitely changed my viewpoint. I wanted to be a junior NRA member. I wanted to learn how to hunt. I was always fascinated by guns as a young girl, but this experience was so traumatizing to the point where now I can't even fathom the idea of a gun in my house or on my bodice. Um, I did have plans for my 18th birthday to go to Nexus Gun Range and learn how to shoot. But at this point, I don't even want to be behind a gun. I don't want to be the person behind a bullet because I don't want to be the person to point a bullet at someone. And to have the bullet pointed at this me. This is definitely the behavior of people who fear for their lives. Right. You're, you're locked in a fucking closet with a mass shooter. And, and instead of crying and saying, Mom, Dad, I love you, you're saying, well, I, I definitely don't want to be behind a gun ever again. I, I don't support the NRA. <laughs> I used to support the NRA, yeah, but I, I don't I used to want anymore. to shoot a gun, but not anymore. This changed my mind. I mean, it's... who are the people? Who are the people like in the left-hand, like upper left-hand part of the video when he's interviewing that first chick that are just like back there casually playing on their phone, just hanging and out, kind of chit-chatting yeah, with each right. other, just like chilling. So this is the proof, obviously, that he was on scene because of this realistic uh, interview with these real uh, survivors, right? And it's just moments after the shooting where they're still supposedly hiding in a closet, a classroom closet. And the first thing they have to say is, I uh, think there needs to be more gun laws. Yeah, right. And I don't support the NRA anymore. And people need to stop worrying so much about money and more about people's lives. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's how right. people respond three, four, five days later once the yeah. shock wears off and you start yeah. your activism like David Hogg. That's not how you respond yeah. in the moment. You want a real reaction? And I realize, oh, I realize this has been a few years ago, but like, wouldn't there have been location services on the video that they could show where yeah. this video was actually done and timestamps? Like, right, yeah. If, if, if it was legit, if this was actually done in the closet at the school at the time of this happening, Show us the location, the ping. Show us the timestamp for it. Sure. Like, don't just yeah. show us this random ass video yeah. of people acting right. real nonchalant and casual about yeah. the fact that there are shooters running through their school and they're fearing for their lives, yeah. supposedly. And and so his next statement on his first statement of how he rode his bike to get to the school three yeah. miles. Then it, next he goes on to say the evening after the shooting, Hog says. So this was somebody else, I guess. 
This is according to Vox. So this isn't even Hogg saying this. It says Vox. The evening after the shooting, Hogg says he biked up to the school where the media was still camped out. But that's not what he said. What he said clearly up here is on the day of the shooting. Yeah. On the day of the shooting. Yeah. He doesn't say the day after the shooting. He says the evening after the shooting, Hogg says he biked up to the school where the media was still camped out. This time he put himself in front of the camera making his first but not final plea for an end to mass shooting. Do, so do you think this is a fact-checked, proven false statement that he wasn't there? Do you, th do you think that proves their point? I think like with most of the fact-checkers, they uh, yeah, they definitely disproved their own fact check i think they like everything i think if they came out and just said stop being fucking assholes they would have done a better job then right right, right. <laughs> like he's a survivor he's a, a shooting survivor how can you question him that yeah. would be yeah. leave, leave it alone <laughs> that was pretty that was really good actually um but i think that would have done better to convince me yeah. That I would have just been like, yeah, I'm kind of being an asshole about this. But then to show that all that shit there, yeah. and then that quote from Vox, I'm just like, that makes me question it even yeah. harder whether right. or not he was there. No, absolutely. And then there was this interview with David. This was David Hogg getting interviewed, um, I think, the night of the shooting, or even within a couple days. Just This is not normal behavior for somebody who is like retelling events right. of a shooting. Yeah. Listen to this. Because we had had a fire alarm earlier that day, and that was a drill. So we thought this was a drill, too, just another one. Because uh, we have a lot of fire alarms, uh, a, a lot of fire drills at the school. Um, after we heard the first gunshot, we initially thought it was a drill. Actually, that was a bad choice. It's okay, you're fine. Actually, that was a bad choice because the janitor... Sorry. It's okay. You're fine, David. You're fine. Honestly, when I was going out, I... It was kind of an, I wasn't, hold on. When I was going out, I was in shock. Yeah, saying, I, don't, I don't know how to put this in perspective. So most of my friends that made it out, one of them went into a bathroom in the same, I believe in the same hallway as the shooter. Oh, hold on. One of them went into the same bathroom, I believe, as the hallway shooter. He was in there at the same time, and he was in the bathroom, and he didn't know if he was going to live. What do you think of that one, Justin? It seemed like he didn't uh, spend enough time reading his lines and <laughs> rehearsing. Seriously. I mean, how many times when you're retelling the events of something that horrific, yeah. do you have to go back and cut, cut, let me let me try that again? Yeah, right. I mean, if if he's not a, an actor, he's, he's very bad at portraying himself as not an actor. He's yeah. very bad at acting not right. an actor. Yeah. I went to my daughter's junior high play on Saturday, and those kids got their lines down a lot better than what he seemed to have had his. <laughs> and I guess in these interviews, too, like between three or four different interviews, like his sister lost two friends in it. Then his sister lost four friends and then his sister lost like three friends. And it was just like every time he told it, it something changed. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. You're not being very convincing here. And so <laughs> it's things like that that make me say, hmm, because um, do I think, like, the, there's people out there that say the whole thing was a false flag incident or whatever. And it's, I'm not going to go that far. Right. But right. this guy here has something. It's yeah. just shady as fuck, in right. my opinion. He's an opportunist and he, he's jumping on it and, and running with it. So he's got he's got nothing. I You know, he doesn't care. You can clearly see in the video. I mean, he's 
He doesn't seem like he's in shock. He doesn't seem like he has any emotional connection to what just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's he's retelling the story badly yeah. of what happened. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. Somebody in shock wouldn't be like, "Hang on, can I can I can I do that over? Yeah. Hang on." Uh, I, I didn't word that the way I wanted to. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I've got. Yeah, some... usually whenever you get these retelling of the events and and stuff like, these people are emotionally just raw. They yeah. they they break down crying. Like they they have yeah. trouble retelling it. They don't need to take a break so that they can get their line right. Like mm. yeah, and it's not th- something where you oh well. Uh, you know, because of everything, I kind of forgot, you know, about that part or, you know, oh, I, I forgot to add this part or something. It's like you can re- word for word. Right. I yeah. mean, in, in my in my entire life, I've had like three experiences with guns where where they've gone off around me or or towards me or whatever. And you remember everything. Oh, every detail of the night. It just like and, is ingrained and, yeah, in your brain. And it was forever. 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, there's you just don't forget that stuff. Yeah. So so. All that happened. David Hogg experienced, in my opinion, David Hogg experience is a is a survivor of the Parkland shooting. Like AOC is a survivor of the January sixth when she yeah, wasn't even yeah. in the same goddamn building. I have a hard time believing David Hogg was in the school at the time. Based on that Politifact fact checked uh, article, there it makes me think even more that yeah. he probably wasn't even there at the time. And it's also telling that his dad is an FBI agent or was an FBI agent that 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 should say something I think that should raise some suspicion yeah so I've got some of his tweets of recently and this is what got me into this topic it was you sent me these tweets from David Hogg because um, you were trolling David Hogg hard last week and so starting out with this one it says if you need a license to kill deer why don't you need one to kill humans By God, if I knew I could have been doing this without a license this whole time, man, it, like this is game changing. Do you know how much work it took me to get my human killing license? Right. So, so somebody broke the internet with this response to that one here. They don't just give them to anybody. It shows um, James Bond, a James Bond license to kill. That's awesome. It's James Bond's license to kill, secret agent. So that one, that one cracked me up. I'm just like, that is perfect. Um, that guy is my hero. Whoever posted that. He goes on to say, other countries have guns as a huge part of their culture, and many own guns, but they don't have near as many shootings because they have the right rules. We can do the same. Justin, what are the right rules? Uh, I wasn't aware that other countries that have a uh, significant gun culture have any rules different than ours. Or uh, any rules the... at all. <laughs> right. A lot of them that have le- uh, that have guns, they're just ev- just yeah. wild west scenario where every like you you're at risk of getting like shot if you say the wrong thing because people are carrying like kids are carrying AKs. That's what I think of of other countries that yeah. um, own guns are like these Middle Eastern countries or yeah. something where kids are walking around with yeah, AKs and, right. and shooting people. I don't know of too many that have as that allow guns and have as strict gun laws as we no. have. 
And again, back to the question, what are the right rules? Because I thought the number one rule was don't fucking shoot somebody. Right, yeah. I would think that would be the first rule, and then people are breaking that. So if they're yeah. not, if they're breaking that rule, they're going to break the right. other the, rules. That's, yeah, exactly. That's the one on the top. So yeah, obviously they're going to break the ones down below it. <laughs> Can you think of any right rules that we need, that the other countries have that we need, Justin? Well, see, the problem is... We need to make it explicitly illegal to kill people with guns. It can't just be that it's illegal to kill people, generally speaking. Kind of like, like the lynching. I was going to say, like, like the, the lynching, lynching thing. Yes. <laughs> like, we have to have it explicitly in writing that you cannot kill people with guns. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how would they know? Yeah, how would they know? Why would they? Like, obviously, there's that gun loophole that uh, you have to you have to really look at the fine print. They put it in between the letters, but it's there. You just have to find it. And that lynch law. So we've got to take that. Got to take that loophole out. It's got to be explicitly illegal to kill people with guns. That lynch law that came out last week, that was so ridiculous, too, because yeah. Biden's like, this is basically in response to somebody that was lynched back in the 50s or something. Yeah. It's just like, and now you're deciding to respond to this? And I think, Justin, you were like, well, that just is telling about the speed of how the government works. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I could have been lynching people and hunting humans this whole time, and nobody told me. Like, and what you- is... Apparently, you can kill gun, kill people with guns too. You just can't kill with your bare hands, I yes, guess. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought, I thought we were libertarians and all for the wild, wild west. If if these were actually things that we could have been doing, somebody in our group would have told us. <laughs> That's true. Somebody is on top of that. It's like, guys, guys, we have the right to kill each other because there's no laws that say we can't. <laughs> There's nothing in the con- is there anything in the constitution that says you can't kill people? I mean there is the whole right to life that that I guess we can fall back right. on but yeah. um some of these get utterly ridiculous though. Let's let's move on. This one was another favorite of mine. Uteruses should not be more regulated than guns. Talk to me about this one, Justin. <laughs> I talked about this one on my show. I was like I didn't realize that uh if someone with a uterus traveled to the state of Illinois or New Jersey <laughs> that they could potentially be put in jail if they just have their uterus. Uh, you know, I, even with all of my permits and licenses and everything else, I can't go to Illinois or, or New Jersey with one of my guns. I will absolutely go to jail. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it would... uh, what about, uh, um, what about background checks? Do you need background checks for uteruses? They probably I'm, should. I'll check with my wife and see what the <laughs> process was like for her to get one of those. Um, I'm pretty sure she probably didn't have a whole lot of participation in it, <laughs> considering she would have been, you know, newborn at the time. But I, yeah, and maybe it was because I, uh, my daughter was born in a red state, so yeah, we didn't have it. to go through. We didn't mm. have to go through the permitting and, uh, well, I, I and think, the background checks. I think for her the uterus, red. But. I think the red states have more of the uterus regulations. I think that's what he's getting at. Like yeah. Texas has all the uteral regulations. <laughs> uh, what about what about high capacity uteruses? <laughs> Octomom. Uh, yeah, whatever be. happened to Octomom? <laughs> I don't know. She probably died. Probably killed herself. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody needs to check on those kids. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Let's move on on some of these. This is the one that I almost agreed with. I'm just like, oh, he kind of almost makes sense. He says, here's a list of actual things that really are a major violation to our rights as citizens and could a- enable a tyrannical government way before gun control. The Patriot Act. 
Guantanamo Bay, way too much power in the executive branch, and mass incarceration, just to ma- name a few. Yeah. But first of and all, this is what this is what got me thinking that maybe he's maybe he's trolling or, you know, because like this was this was kind of off uh, off brand for him. Mm-hmm. Well, all of this I agree with, minus the before gun control part. But the, the part where he's ignorant is he says could enable a tyrannical government. No, all these things lead straight directly to tyrannical government i think he's trying to be like well republicans are all for this stuff yeah oh right? sure so well they're why, fucking why idiots they, too right why would they be for not be for gun control you know when they have this stuff they support that could be tyrannical sure so but in doing that he makes good points yeah i mean there's very good points where i could be like he's almost <laughs> saying something semi-intelligent here so you know even a, a broken clock's right <laughs> twice a day right <laughs> And he does kind of miss the whole point that you know the uh, the mass incarceration has kind of been spearheaded by <laughs> the Democrats since the mid nineties, right? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, executive overreach is something that is a tool that's been especially used by the Democrats mm. uh, since the Obama administration. Like mm. he he's trying to take a jab at at the Republicans, but yeah. <laughs> inadvertently jabbing himself on in yes. the process. So, uh, shooting himself in the foot, so to say. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, t- no pun intended. Uh, so here's his actual Twitter page here. And like I said, he, he tweets and tweets and tweets and tweets and tweets and tweets. But this is the one from today of him at the White House. Well, it was there, and then it disappeared. He must have just tweeted. What did he just tweet? Five minutes ago, he said, there was one thing I couldn't stop thinking about today, and it wasn't the president or gun policy. It was how lucky I am to have good parents. Growing up with two parents in public service, caring about others, was never a choice. It was expected. I owe everything to them. Okay, shut the fuck up. So his fed parents raised a good little fed. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) My dad said today, right before I left, you and your sister are such good kids, and we're so proud of you. So proud you turned out all right. And I said, well, it's only because we had good parents. (laughs) Here's his picture at the White House. But this one here was what I was going to read. It says, in four years, I went from hanging up on the White House, because that was Donald Trump at the time. He didn't want to. He didn't care to address gun rights with Donald Trump, Uh, obviously. He's got a Trump uh, a tweet in there where he's like, uh, uh, I didn't want to sit and listen to Trump talk because Trump needed to he needed action and not talk. But Biden needs to talk, is Apparently. what he said. Yes. Said in four years, I went from hanging up on the White House and not having the House or Senate. You still don't have the House or Senate, I'm sorry. To taking to taking the White House, the Senate, and the House, young people voted at the highest rate in American history and helped make it possible. Voting works. And here's him at the White is House. Is that right? Is that, or is that statistically right? I need to, <laughs> like, I feel like I need to fact check that because I, I don't, I don't think that uh, the young voting base turned out in, yeah, in mass uh, in 2020. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that was what happened. No, no, I, I don't feel like that's how that went down at all. Um, he goes on to say in the next one, it says, we need to enforce the laws better. We have. Hey, again, he's saying something smart. Right. We need to enforce the laws we have better and create better laws, too. No. 
That's exactly what POTUS is doing by working to confirm an ATF director. We need a coordinated response that includes better enforcement of our laws. I wonder if he's actually tweeting this or if he has a PR person that he tweets must, for I him. bet he has a PR person. Because he's supposedly dyslexic and can't, can't really type well. He says in his bio, his bio says... I mean, who puts that they're dyslexic in their bio to begin with? Seriously, I'm dyslexic. Says, a founder slash board member of March for Our Lives, dyslexic who's good at protesting and bad at spelling. That's his bio. Oh, his pronouns are he, or he slash him, too. Oh, I'm you glad he, he told us that. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. No. Um, have you seen the ones, Justin, where he bashes on masculinity? That doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Like, like ba- ma- masculinity is like... Um, derives from white supremacy is basically what he says. And he goes after um, what's the... You know, there's a large portion of black society that would probably argue that he's completely crazy on that. But right. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanted to find some of those, but I mean, he tweets so much it's hard to find the specific ones that I'm referring to. Let me scroll back to like a few days ago when I first started looking at these. When you started sending them to me um, is when I started looking into them. And those were those were some good ones last week compared to this week when he's talking about the White House just as kind of... Uh, it, I thought when he said he was going to the White House, he was going to be like a guest speaker or something right, at this event. Yeah. But no, he, he wasn't anything like that. He was just happened to be there. And he took the White House, like he said. Yes. And the Senate yes. and the well, House. Yeah. I just noticed this one. I think he's actually been reading some of my replies. Uh, He says, first they said cops on campus would stop school shootings. They didn't. Now they say arming teachers will stop school shootings, and they won't. Mark my words. Next, they'll advocate for arming kids. I think he's been reading my replies. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, there, There was one. There was one. It was a sign that said, I wish I could find it. Oh, the superintendent. Right, and he put the guy's uh, email address on there. Yeah, there was a superintendent that posted a picture yeah. of the school sign that said, um, "There are, are armed, armed teachers." Like teachers are armed, and his his response was this: "There's a lot to unpack in this one," but then doesn't say a damn thing about it. Yeah. Like, uh, if if there's so much to unpack. Start unpacking. Yeah. If you have a problem with this, start unpacking it and tell me what you yeah. actually think about it. And somebody was like, David, you said you said this exactly right. I'm speechless. It, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he literally said nothing in this one. And then somebody else was like, well, uh, yeah, that's what we need, armed teachers, because um, then we're, we're going to have to start betting on which teacher gets pissed off at a student and just unloads a magazine into, into a student. And... What do you think about that? You think if we arm students, they just start uh, shooting students, or armed our teachers, are they going to start shooting students because they piss them off, Justin? If we have teachers that are that unhinged and unstable to begin with, <laughs> they shouldn't be teachers. Uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't be letting them into school anyway. So, like, if that's a legitimate concern, those people shouldn't be around children to begin with. I mean, uh, teachers have legal right to carry their fists into the schools and they get pissed off at students do they start punching kids in the face i mean how how often you hear of teachers just wailing on students and punching them in the face because they legally can carry their fists into the schools and so obviously that's where that goes by the same by the same defense that any teacher carrying a gun would obviously get pissed off at a student and shoot the fucking student you can also say well that 
by the same respect, uh, all teachers are punching students when they get pissed off at them, yeah. too. Because, I mean, you I mean, you've seen videos of like school fights breaking out and teachers like big, big jacked up teachers who like are football coaches and stuff like that like, uh, get punched in the face trying to break up a fight. They don't go wailing on people. They keep their calm, break up the fight, separate it like, like how, how big of a problem is this? I, I don't know, but what what are your thoughts on um, arming teachers? Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think it's a terrible idea? What do you think? I, I look at it in the same way that I viewed the. Remember a couple years ago, the the shooter that walked into the church in Texas, yeah, and uh, he he got headshotted within like forty five seconds of making it in the door. Sure. And then if you look at if you look at the reverse angle of the church. Uh, so the first guy stood up and drew down on him and took the shooter down. But if you look at the reverse angle of the church, there are four other people in the church who are also standing up, drawing their guns at the same time. Um, I, I kind of view it the same way. Like if, uh, if a shooter does make it into the school, a teacher is going to be much more likely to put themselves in harm way to go take care of that problem before it becomes a mass shooting incident. If, if a shooter comes into the school knowing there's a good chance that there are armed teachers waiting for me, uh, you're, you're going to be dissuaded from from doing that. Yeah, yeah. you're go- you're going to second guess that pretty damn quick. Well, and that's why you know most of these shooting. I mean, they take place in areas where you're not supposed to take a gun because they know that there won't be anybody there to shoot back. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> right. He must um, have erased the tweet with the the. Superintendent. Yeah, because I had it pulled up separate yeah. and it just disappeared yeah. on my screen. He must have took that one yeah. down. Yeah. Um. Here's a here's a good one. Uh. Tell me what you think about this. Because uh, do you do you still believe the Constitution, Justin? Do you believe in our amendment rights and things like that? In our our <laughs> all those things like the Second Amendment. Do you do you think those are still valid today? I would like to. Okay. So here's David Hogg's comment on the Second Amendment. Our state is neither free or secure when citizens have their rights infringed upon. Again, he's starting off on a good note there. Including their Second Amendment. When they die from gun violence. Gun violence caused by our unregulated militia is a violation of the Second Amendment because death is the ultimate infringement of a citizen's rights. I don't even know where what he's talking about with this. He kind of well, went he's off the rails. Yeah, he's basically saying, well, if you're dead, you don't you can't possess a firearm. So you got your right to possess a firearm taken away from you because you're dead now. And we're like <laughs> because we don't have well-regulated militia, I'm not sure where his Yeah, uh, he's basically saying our we don't have regulated militia. We have a very unregulated militia. It's just people with guns like shooting everybody, stealing. I mean, he would have he would have done better to be like um the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you're infringing on that right. basic, like, at the lowest level, your basic right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But instead, he's just like, well, isn't it infringing on your Second Amendment right if you get killed? <laughs> Sounds like something, like, an eight-year-old would say. Well, I'll take your gun rights away because I'm just going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Sounds like all the more reason why I should have more guns. Here, he goes on with this one. Gun, he, he's tweeted multiple times on this. Gun violence caused by our under-regulated militia is a violation of the Second Amendment. You can't keep and bear arms if you're dead. 
What's he? What? Like, what's, valid point. What's he defining as an underregulated militia? Like, I'm not sure what that what that line is that he keeps. Well, because with. everybody throws he, out there, the Second Amendment is specifically for a well-regulated militia. That's what it refers to, and everybody just all willy-nilly carrying around guns. That's not a regulated militia. So, by his terms, that would obviously be an unregulated militia. Makes sense. I don't know. He he's really stretching this one a lot. Uh, he, but at the writing and the inception of the Constitution and that amendment, the well-regulated militia was just a bunch of people who owned guns. And at the time that it was necessary, they Got came together. To, they came together and yeah. became regulated yes. and you know did what was necessary. So, like that's yeah, he, kind of the way a militia works. But I mean, he's smarter than you, Justin, because he goes to Harvard, <laughs> so he obviously knows the Constitution better than you. Uh, here's another one. The only thing a high-capacity magazine is made to hunt for is humans. Sorry if the animal runs away because you're a bad shot and needs and you need to reload. Failing to kill the animal with one magazine is a small price to pay for more of my classmates to be alive right now. Oh, How, brother. I don't know too many people that make the claim that you need a high-capacity magazine for hunting. Yeah, right. Because most states regulate that anyway. Right. I was going to say, you, you don't use, typically use a rifle with a high-capacity magazine for hunting. No, and even a shotgun. Like Illinois, you can only keep three shotgun shells yeah. in your shotgun. Uh, you have to have the freaking block thing in, in Illinois, which I think is freaking dumb on that its own. Dumb. Yeah, you can you can take the plug out, and you can get seven shells in most shotguns. But yeah. just don't, don't let the game warden catch you. Exactly. Here in Iowa, they don't regulate that no. because I got laughed at because oh, really? I had my plug in. And, <laughs> yeah, and I went hunting, and they're like, why, why is that? In? Well, I'm from Illinois. Oh. So you, you have to have a plug in Illinois. Like, oh, you're one of those. I am, yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, take that shit out of there. You're an idiot. Um. He says, if you really need a high-capacity magazine because you live in the middle of nowhere and there are giant bears or something, I might be able to understand. <laughs> in that case, you should need a permit and a justification for why you need such a large magazine. <laughs> Again, well, the ignorance, uh, the, the complete blatant ignorance of people that speak out against guns. Because I know somebody in this room that owns six high magazines of some sort. Um... <laughs> And I've never, that person has never once <laughs> thought, I might need this to go hunting. Well, if you're a hunting man. <laughs> I've never thought I'm going to be hunting man either. So Maybe you're going to do some of that uh, helicopter boar hunting they do out in Texas. Hey, that, that actually sounds really fun. Have you seen videos of that? That looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's... Let's see. Do you got any more? Do you have any other ones that stu stood out to you, Justin? Any that stood out to you? You went through them. Oh God, uh, no! Because he shifts over to a lot of the uh, the DeSantis and the the uh, the gay bill. Yeah, that's why I scrolled back. If you scroll back to April third, that's where the best ones are because that's the day the Sacramento shooting happened. So he obviously had to get his his voice out there. Uh, gun violence is a product of collective failure to promote responsible and safe gun ownership as a society. I I agree with that. Yeah. Like, the problem is improper training on gun usage. Uh, the problem with people accidentally shooting their, their foot off or shooting uh, their buddy or something is improper training. It's not yeah. lack of gun laws. But then he goes on to say, to promote the security of a free state, it is incumbent to promote the security of that free state from gun violence through the regulation of our militia. There he goes again. 
Oh God. He, he's just, he's, he's real hung up on this. I, yes, like he, it feels like he's really trying to cater to the second amendment crowd and like make some sort of point, but he's yeah. just completely missing the yeah. point. But do you think he's changing any of the second amendment crowd's minds by no. saying this stuff? Do you think like somebody that's diehard, like two A for life, baby? You, they they hear this and they're like, "Oh no, that that makes sense." Yeah. Uh, yeah, a dead person doesn't have constitutional rights anymore. So yeah, no, he David Hogg's a genius. But see, the problem is that he he's he's preaching the choir because most of the people who who take the two A serious, they are trained, right? Yeah, right. They, they do regularly shoot. They know their weapon. They know the rules. They they're they're gun literate so they don't do stupid shit like alec baldwin and the prosecutor from the rittenhouse <laughs> yes so it, you know he's just wrong yeah <laughs> what you got justin yeah the, uh, that's the people that he is i don't know trying to change the minds of like he's he has spent too many years establishing himself as ridiculous like the starting his own pillow company thing like <laughs> at that point if he had any credibility left he yeah. threw it out when he decided he was going to start his own pillow company and within a week bailed on it it probably didn't help that like uh a dozen people went out and bought up every single domain name that could have been associated with the <laughs> with the pillow company he was yes. trying to start so <laughs> but still i mean like that was that was just like the, I think that was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back for anybody who might have taken him seriously, yeah. if anybody was still taking him seriously at that point. Yeah, and did anybody really take the My Pillow guy seriously? So no. to go go to battle with the My Pillow guy, yeah. who nobody, who normal humans, maybe Trump supporters did because he was a Trump supporter, and that's yeah. really his only claim to fame. But normal people already didn't take him seriously. So to go to battle against the My Pillow guy. Obviously, everybody's going to stop taking you seriously if yeah. they did to begin with. It's just like, oh, I'm going after, of all the people I could go after, I'm going to go after the My Pillow guy. And I'm going to, I'm not going to fight against all the things he's saying. No, I'm just going to make a better pillow than him. Yeah. Yeah. Genius, right? So what here's one. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why did why was he going after that? Why was he going after Mike Lindell to begin with? I don't even remember. I don't freaking know. Because he was a Trump supporter, I'm sure. Yeah, that that's it. What you oh, uh, started to say? Okay, uh, here's one. Buying a gun does not make you a man; <laughs> it makes you a consumer, a cog in the system, one of millions having their insecurities weaponized for profit. Mm -hmm. You are being manipulated by marketing agencies because you are weak. Masculinity cannot be purchased; it can only be practiced. There, there it is. You're talking about um, um, the yeah. masculinity thing, and he goes on a tirade about that too. Here, here's what it says: If you need a gun to feel like a man, you need therapy, not a gun. Justin, do you need a gun to feel like a man? No, not, not really. No, <laughs> I've never, I've never, and so I, I've got my first gun when I was in third grade. I think is when Dad got me my first gun. Um, I'm. Don't think I've ever at any point associated my gun with my manhood, either uh, <laughs> either considering myself a man or my actual physical manhood. I'd never have put those together in any way. 
So here's here's what his class was taught on at Harvard because he he tweeted out just taught a class at Harvard. Smiley face. Uh, he said. Mom and dad are going to be so proud. For those asking, it was a class about U.S. politics and public health taught at our School of Public Health. I've also presented, but not so much taught, a class at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government and one a couple years ago at the ED School. So he's he's teaching a class on politics and public health. What does this kid know on politics and public health? Well, because... Gun shootings are a public health crisis. Especially being a gun survivor, um, you obviously know politics yes. now, and you know about public health. I wonder what the stats were like for, since we're talking about public health, and at some point they'll they'll use uh, gun control as a public health crisis and say that they need to have lockdowns to get that under control. I wonder what the uh, gun death statistics were like during lockdown. I'm sure sure gun violence went up because suicide rates like skyrocketed during lockdown. But what about the actual like murder rates and stuff? How did did it affect that? You're not allowed to put two public crises together. Like we got one public crisis that we got to handle, yeah. crisis that we got to handle with lockdowns. We got another public crisis that involves firearms. You can't talk about the two together because that just—I mean—that's just going to blow their brains. They, they, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but they—they don't know how to operate in um, multi dimensions like that. It's just like one talking point at a time, please. Can we just stick to our talking point here? And then we'll shift to the talking point on that conversation there. We can't combine them together. So, I mean, that, that's a good indication of what we're dealing with, with David Hogg. Um, did you have any more good ones that you had seen Justin? Um, because I'm going to move on and probably wrap this up here pretty quick. Oh, I saw one, but it wasn't anything particularly amusing him. Yeah, perusing his stuff is, I get good chuckles out of it. A buddy of mine has a, a theory that one of these days we're going to find out that the uh, uh, Occupy Democrats is actually like a, a troll uh-huh. and has just been like playing the long con. I think David Con. I think David Hogg might be like the long con. Like one of these days, he's going to come out and reveal that this whole thing has just been like a a big gimmick. And I I believe I I think he's a brand. That's what he is. Yeah. He's a product. Yep. He talks about guns being gun purchases being a consumer thing. This is we are buying the product of David Hogg. Yeah. And gun uh, regulation through. Um. He's like a spokesperson. He's yeah. like um. Uh, what Mark Wahlberg for selling like weightlifting stuff? Right. Yeah. Like or I mean, Wahlburgers. Yeah, or Wahlburgers or yeah. something <laughs> like that. He's just the face of this yeah. product they're trying to sell. This one, this one is the last one I'm going to read. If you got another one, go ahead. But um, this is the last one I'm going to read. And this one is hilariously ironic because this one is talking more. I think this is talking about the never say gay bill or abortion rights or something. He doesn't specify. It says. Attempting to regulate how a private citizen identifies literally hurts no one, or that literally hurts no one is the opposite of freedom. So he's talking about uh, attempting to regulate is the opposite of freedom, yet he's all about gun regulation, which you'd think would also be 
the opposite of freedom. So again, you, you can't mix talking points because their minds would explode because um, on one side he's saying, don't don't uh, regulate a person, a private citizen, and how they identify. But on the other side, he's saying more regulation on on individual guns and things like that. Yeah. There you go. Hatred comes from two weaknesses: insecurity and or ignorance. Thank you for explaining your entire position of life. <laughs> I was going to say, he isn't he, he all of those things combined. So is he calling himself a hateful person because he's completely ignorant? And what was the other one? Uh, intolerant. Yeah. Oh, insecure. Yeah, he's insecure and he's ignorant. He's both of those things, so he must be hateful. You got one more? Oh, I've been looking. You can't find any more? I mean, he's got different stuff, but, I mean, you know, he's just all over the place. Yeah. I I, I like David Hogg bashing because I hate David Hogg, so it's been a while since I've had a good David Hogg bashing session. Like, it it seemed like his name popped up in the news um, for, like, a full year after the Parkland shooting, or even longer. It's just like every time—it's just like his name kept popping up, and I felt like we were going to owe him, like, some kind of royalty fees for for saying his name on a a podcast. I was on my brother's podcast at the time, and it was just like— David Hogg, oh great, we owe him more money because um, he's probably collecting yeah. royalties on oh, his you name. Know, yeah, like it, you can't sing "Happy Birthday," you know, because you got to pay royalties. You can't say David Hogg. Yes. So let let's just shift for a couple seconds um, back to kind of gun laws and, but slightly different topic though, because like I said, David Hogg's dad was an FBI agent. Um, stop and think about, or stop and. Consider how many of these shooters were already on FBI watch lists yeah. when the incident happened. Isn't that like isn't that a fucked up stat to look more yeah. closely at? Yes. Like every I'm not gonna say every time, but almost every time. It's like, well, he had been reported multiple times to the police or he was on an FBI watch list or they actually had his ass in custody and decided to yeah. let him go. Like, mm-hmm. Or they had a, his diary that talked about how he wanted to kill his, you know, fellow employees. And, and, you know, they thought, well, we'll just keep an eye on him. <laughs> here's a, here's We've a, been monitoring his social media presence. And yeah. I mean, it seemed completely unhinged and like he might, go off at any moment but we didn't have any reason to suspect it would yeah. happen like today right. we're thinking like months down the road yeah we thought we had time to prepare for yeah, this I mean, he had only bought like 20 guns so uh, here here's a couple here's just a few that i i found immediately that were either on fbi watch list had been questioned by the fbi had been reported to the fbi were on terrorist watch lists or or something fam- similar to that that the fbi sh- if if gun laws actually worked, if laws law enforcement actually worked, this should have been all prevented. Uh, the Orlando shooting, that guy was on a watch list. The Boulder grocery store shooting was watch list. The Boston Marathon bombers were on an FBI watch list. Yes, that's not gun violence. That's bo- that's slow cooker, pressure cooker yes, violence. But probably worse. We need pressure cooker bans too, obviously. <laughs> um, Parkland shooting, that specific one, that kid was reported multiple times to the FBI because he was a freaking crazy lunatic. And somehow he ended up 
they they ended up dropping the ball on that one. Uh, the FedEx shooter was on an FBI watch list, and that was just what last year. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. He had diaries that <laughs> talked about how he wanted to kill his coworkers. Yeah, I mean they're all on freaking watch list. If laws work, and if more laws work, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And the yeah. conspiracy side of me makes me think they take them in and they're like. Let's just see where this yeah, right. goes. Let's see yeah. how this plays out. Yeah. Because how can you miss it so many times? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, well, you know, they missed 9 <laughs> 11. That, <laughs> that's true. The FBI did know, have advanced warning of 9 11, and look where we are now. Um, I, well, I, then you got stuff like the Vegas shooter that. That's like I ch- all of the de- <laughs> all of the details of this is like completely unexplainable. We don't, and then we just pretend our show that just went another hour. Yes, <laughs> Justin, uh, we're, I'm going to have to do a bonus episode with you in the Vegas shooting because you talked you briefly mentioned the Vegas shooting on your show last week too, and that one is my that's my story there. That's the one that's just like. I, I keep coming back to it. I, it's kind of obsessive to me. I yeah. I still to this day go back and look for new updates that kind of got like maybe like hidden in the media. Like oh we found, but you still can't find anything about the Vegas one. And that guy, the, the Vegas shooting, the Nashville bomb. Oh, I forgot like, about the Nashville oh, yeah. bomb. Oh, like all of this stuff that it's huge. The day of and within a month. It's been completely forgotten. There's no details about it, even years later. Like, no, where are the investigations? Like, what's going on with this? I, well, and like, you know, talking about the conspiracy idea with a lot of this other stuff, yeah. like, it just seems really convenient that a lot of these guys have been on FBI watch lists mm. literally for years. And some of these guys even seem to get pushed towards, like, really specific targets. Uh, like, what was the... The guy in South Carolina that shot up the black church, like, mm-hmm. it, did he? I I don't recall anything in his history that indicated he had any interaction with that church prior to mm-hmm. the day that he just happened to walk in and decide to shoot the place up. Like, it just seems really weird. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah. there's so much weird stuff when you when you talk when you think about how many just conveniently got dropped, the ball dropped. Yeah, by the FBI or um, things like this, where it just disappears after the fact. When I mean the the Vegas shooting was a way bigger incident than, um, like say Parkland. But yeah. which one do we talk about more? Right, right. it's the Parkland shooting. Yeah. Um, where I mean, people are still talking about the Parkland shooting to this day, and no, I mean, yeah, people barely remember the Vegas shooting anymore, and that yeah. one has so many oh yeah more holes in the narrative. Well, I, I I'm telling you, after we looked at the whole Crimea thing. I mean the um, the Vegas shooter is so similar to the false flag sniper and, and fr- from Ukraine. Yeah, I mean it's just like eerie how yeah. similar it is. It, it's it's bizarre to me. Um, what was the guy from uh, the Vegas shooting? Was he he was on a watch list at the time? I think so. I'm almost positive he was. Well, I couldn't remember if he was. He, and wasn't he the one that was? Uh, he was like like dating this like. Uh, Foreign chick. Well, this chick like she who had ISIS connections. But well, she had right? some connections, and she like just yeah. left the country. yeah. She left the whole country, like country, <laughs> she and just she's like, oh, he actually did that. Oh, uh, he I talked d- about it, but I thought he was joking. <laughs> There's just so much. Yeah, connection. there was a lot of weird stuff yeah. around that. So, so when you have incidences like that, that seem like. 
they could have been intentional or unintentional, or, but but the government completely dropping the ball. Yes, let's get more federal regulation because the federal government yeah. is doing so fucking right. good at what yeah. they're doing now. And it goes back to what David Hogg said. He said, he's like, no, we just need to do better at, he's yeah. like, we need to do better at enforcing the laws we have. I mean, the majority of these mega shootings that have happened could have been prevented yeah. by the law enforcement and yeah. or laws already on the books. Yeah. But they got dropped, they got missed, so the shooting happened. So I guess if we make more laws, then, then yeah, they won't. Right, because give- you should trust the government to do what they need to do, right? <laughs> I mean, why trust your own capability to carry a weapon and defend yourself when the federal government will do it for you? Right. What you think, Justin? Should we uh, should we count on more laws to save us from mass shooters? I mean, the biggest problem is that a lot of law enforcement doesn't even know the laws that are currently on the books anyway. Much right. less yeah. if you add more, <laughs> what's right. that gonna it's just what's more, that gonna accomplish? It's more shit for them to memorize, and they don't want to do that. So, um, <clears throat> I guess to wrap this up, what would be the solution for all this gun violence? Do you think gun violence is as big a problem as they say it is? If it is a huge problem, what is the solution if it's not more gun laws? Generally speaking, I don't think gun violence is the problem that it is portrayed as, especially when you consider the of the uh, the gun violence statistics, the number of people who die, well over half, if not if not two thirds, are suicides. Mm-hmm. And like. I don't know, like, what are the odds that those people are going to do that anyway? Right. Um, and the same with, I, like, tar- you know, not to not to throw, like, you know, uh, a really black pill on that or anything. But, but you know, um, yeah, there are some that might be dissuaded from from doing it if you don't have that that easy option. But mm. if you've hit that point, like, I don't know. And and so when you when you remove those numbers, it's really not that high especially when you consider a lot of the other things that happen that cost lives i like all right so i looked at this several years ago um it is held true up to this point a lot of these red states that they talk about with the the lax gun control there are more deaths by atv accident than by gun related homicide that doesn't surprise me there are bigger problems that could be addressed. Like, and a lot of those ATV accidents are like teenagers and right. kids. So like there are more pressing issues that if you're going to be looking at creating new legislation and trying to do something to, to curb death rates, there's plenty of legislation on the books for guns. How about just uh, go put the people in jail who have been reported that they might be dangerous right. and start looking at the things that are legitimately underregulated, like ATVs and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. Because while I don't have any desire for there to be more ATV regulation, that is something that you might actually be able to make a positive influence in. Because I, like, I can just go buy a four-wheeler and turn my 13-year-old loose on it basically with no restriction whatsoever. So, right. like... Maybe we should be thinking about some of this stuff instead of trying to add more gun regulations mm-hmm. uh, when there's already plenty out there that just needs to be enforced. Sure. Do you think uh, 
uh, constitutional carry would help actually help or would it hurt the gun violence in the country? I kind of subscribe to that. Um, an armed society is a polite society. If, uh, if you know that you walk into a store and there's a good chance the people who are in the store have a gun, you're less likely to try to pull any dumb shit. Yeah, if you pull a gun on the cashier, you probably got six guns pointing back at you. Mm-hmm. You're probably less likely to pull that gun in the store. That would be my opinion, too. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's just our uh, uh, toxic masculinity, white supremacy showing. I don't know. Whatever David well, Hogg is called. And the Wild Wild West is always like this thing that is considered a bad thing, and like people are getting shot left and right all the time. Statistically, if you go look at it uh, uh, historically, yeah. that was actually a very safe time in history because <laughs> yeah. everybody was armed so people weren't like trying to bullshit like that yeah i was gonna say the wild west wasn't all that wild yeah but it, it really wasn't i mean people watched what they how they ran their mouth to each other a little more or who they whose girlfriend's ass they slapped or something <laughs> like that but well, uh, but you see that part in like movies and books because tombstones are a hell of a lot more interesting than Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, I I think there's a great deal to be said about self regulation, like yeah. being able to put yourself in check because somebody else will do it for you. Right. Uh, the people around you do a better job at putting you in check than the government will ever do. And um, obviously these laws aren't working. And this this shit that Biden came up with this this week. We can all bitch about it, how, oh, they're coming after our guns, but it's not going to do a, a damn thing um, until until Congress decides, you know, we're, we're going to ban these things. Yeah. And again, like you said, the Supreme Court's going to slap that shit down. Yeah. So until they pack the Supreme Courts, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of yeah. untils before right. we get to a complete total gun grab. So what happens, I guess, last question, I promise, what happens... <laughs> What would what what do you do on an individual level if the government decides to full blow full blown gun grab? Say no more guns, no more public guns. Do like Australia, start burning all the guns. What do what do you do as an individual, or do you not want to get put on a list? <laughs> um, I guess I accelerate my plan to barricade the neighborhood and. Uh, Put gun turrets on the house. <laughs> I like it. I like that idea. What's your plan? I would have to go with the answer that I actually don't have any guns. <laughs> okay. You're, you're, you lost yours in a boating accident? Yes. <laughs> yeah, mine would be to get out of town into yeah. the country where you're less likely to be subject to some kind of ridiculous search yeah. and seizure anyway. Yeah, um, because I, I would like to see. I mean, we're not too far from some rural areas, and I'm pretty sure that uh, they— I would like to see the government come in and try to take their guns. Yes, absolutely. So, so uh, we got to get out of here. Justin, let everybody know where they can find more about you, where they can find your podcast, anything you want to uh, promote right now. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, uh, well, YouTube, Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble, and Locals at Fact Check This Podcast. I've also started a Patreon and a Substack that I haven't actually done anything with yet. It's Fact Check This Patreon and Fact Check This Substack. Uh, one of these days I'll start using them, but as of now they're they're still uh, brand new, and I haven't decided what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do with those sure. as of yet. I'm also on Twitter at jcamp1521, and you can find me on Facebook just Justin Campbell. 
I also do a morning show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday called The Morning After, which you cannot find if you go search for it on YouTube because there are like 7 million different videos that are uh, that are titled The Morning After. But if you search for White Supremacy Wednesday, it will take you straight to us. And we have a lot, we have a lot of fun if that one episode titled hasn't told you everything you need to know about the show. So, so come check us out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7.30 Central uh a.m uh where we do the morning show and have uh we cover we cover news of the day and do it in a light humorous and uh usually just retarded manner that was another i forgot about that show the morning after show um that was another one that i was just like a that's a fucking genius name and b the the premise of it uh just like basically screwing with the morning shows that that are just gotten completely ridiculous yeah. it's like there's not too many um independent morning shows out there so when i saw you release that one too i was like dude there's another genius one <laughs> I, I i like your style here so um fact check this podcast or the morning after podcast you can find i know you can find the morning after shit on through your uh your facebook and twitter posts because that's where i find it too so uh check them out on twitter i'll, I'll include all this stuff in the show notes when this is released as an actual episode so um check out justin campbell and all his um ridiculous endeavors over there on his twitter and facebook pages so justin thanks again for coming on it's been it's been a fun one it's been a light-hearted talk about gun violence which is what we love <laughs> so um th thanks for taking some time out of your evening away from your goats and shit <laughs> to, to talk with us definitely oh yeah thanks for having me we'll have to get you on again sometime to talk about like farming life and stuff like that because that in interests me too yeah. especially when it comes to like living more self-sustaining um we've been telling each everyone since the pandemic that people need to be a little bit more self-sustaining because eventually you're going to have to. So um, th that time's coming sooner than we think, I think. So yeah. we'll have to get you back on for that if you're up for that. Absolutely. And that's the fun thing about the morning show is three of the four of us actually do our own goats, chickens, farms to some extent or another. So nice. we talk about nice. that stuff semi-regularly so on that show. So you go do your morning chores and then you sit down to your morning show. <laughs> that's that's actually what most of those guys do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Justin, thanks again for coming on. We'll, we'll get you out of here. See you, Justin. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right, everybody, that was Justin Campbell with the Fact Check This podcast and the Morning After podcast. Find him all over Facebook, Twitter, and wherever else he just said. Um, we're going to get out of here for this week. This has been a fun one. Did you enjoy yes. that one? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's a different angle. We didn't have to talk about Russia and yeah, shit like that. which is always fun. No, nice. and it's been a while since we got to talk about guns. So yes. um, hopefully we didn't piss off too many people or the, the FBI listening in on us. Um, I mean, we always say we're going to get on a list for this yeah. episode, so we might as well continue that yes, trend. exactly. We're going to get out of here for this week. Make sure you come back next week, same time, same channel, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, every Monday night. We'll have something else fun to talk about. I have no idea what it is, but we will it talk about it. It usually hits us at some point. And we will enjoy it, and I guess we'll try to make you enjoy it as well. Yes. Otherwise, you can check us out every weekend for the weekend wrap-up, which is where we break down the stories throughout the week, and we just... Wrap up your weekend. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your week. We will catch you next time. Good. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. 
A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, Beyond the Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.